0: doing that
2: i was face to face with it it was holding me by my throat and it felt like it was sucking something out of
1: me
2: i probably should have been more scared than i was when i witnessed the exorcism when i turned and
0: looked on my right side when i did there's there's a bean mm-hmm. on the side of the tree a large beam it's looking at me and I'm looking at it.
1: After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth to be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it's kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point they're the white religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that.
0: So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking, it's walking on two legs, it's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome. I'm your host, and this is uncomfortable. Welcome back to the show, my friends. I am your host, Eric Slodgy. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured in an upcoming episode, please don't hesitate to email me at, contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Please make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. And most importantly, please help share the show with others and make sure to leave us a five-star rating or review wherever you can. That is the main way that you can help getting this show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more great stories coming through for you. Uncomfortable-pod.com is now up and running and is the official webpage for Uncomfortable. As time goes by, we will continue to add more and more information to it. But as of now... You can listen to any of the episodes. Anytime there is a special event, we will be posting it there. Currently, you can go to uncomfortable-pod.com. And if you go up to the top right and click the three lines, the little hamburger up there, it will give you access to ticket purchasing for Bigfoot and Brews 2 coming up on September 9th. Just head over there, scroll down under that tab, and there's a place to purchase your tickets for a September 9th event. Bigfoot and Brews, again, will be held in Dewajack, Michigan, this year, September 9th. This year, Robert Kreider from New Mexico and Mr. Stacy Brown Jr. from Florida will be the main speakers for the day. Tickets are available. Seating is limited. So if you're interested, I would suggest picking those tickets up as soon as you can. You don't have much time. Also, I wanted to let you know that the Friday night before, at the same venue, we will be holding our first VIP dinner, and along with that cost, at $75 for the VIP dinner, you will get to hang out with Robert Kreider, Stacy Brown Jr., myself. The cost of that includes one menu entree, one drink, and a screening of brown's latest installment of the skunk ape experiments i believe he told me that there were four episodes about 20 or 25 minutes long each and we will be watching all of those after the dinner the link is in the show notes below also if you're interested in helping sponsor this event it's not too late please contact me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com We have secured a block of rooms at the Quality Inn and Suites of Niles, Michigan for September 8th and 9th at $120 per room, and that includes two queen beds in each room. The Quality Inn is a short 28 minutes south of Sister Lakes Brewing Company. Information for the Quality Inn will be in the show notes below as well. Please reference Bigfoot and Brews for the discounted room rate. If you are a fan of the show and you're interested in helping support what we're doing here, please go over to patreon.com slash uncomfortable podcast 770 and see if any of the three tiers there interest you. Your support for the show has been truly amazing over the past couple of years. I can't tell you how much it's appreciated. The link for the Patreon and the uncomfortable discord will be in the show notes below. And now for tonight's guest, Logan reached out to me via email and said that he had been actively researching the Sasquatch phenomenon in the backcountry of British Columbia. If that's not enough, he's also stated that he has gone out on three expeditions with a very specific, somewhat controversial researcher totaling about 25 days. When you hear who this is, you're kind of going to flip. So I invited Logan to go over some of his experiences, and hopefully we can get him to talk about who this researcher is and his perspective on him. So, if you're ready, I know I am. Let's get into it. If you would, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to tonight's guest, Logan Chesso. Logan, welcome to Uncomfortable.
2: Hey, Eric. Good to be here.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. We made short work of that. It was only a couple of days ago that you got a hold of me. And uh, when I read your somewhat short email, um, it kind of had a lot to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it, it it really perked up uh really perked up my ears uh quickly um, logan let's let's get into uh i mean you're you're out there you're researching Bigfoot sasquatch whatever you want to call it um, how did you get into it and and to what extent are you venturing out there um so i i guess
2: initially, like I was always a, and this was in the early two thousands before podcast and everything else. Right. So I was a big coast to coast fan. Right. So aren't we all George Norrie? <laughs> yeah. Kind of a art bell, George Norrie. So I always listened to that. It was always, they always had this quick interlaced in there. So, you know, just listen to people's stories that kind of got me, you know, always hooked into Bigfoot stories. They were always so interesting to listen to and listen to people tell their encounter stories. And I was, I was more or less like, man, I wish something that cool would happen to me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so that's kind of what started the, the drive towards it. Um, you know, I, I really didn't get into podcasts for a while and, you know, I honestly haven't gotten probably the last two or three years. I've only been listening to podcasts. Um, so, What kind of began, uh, I'll just start it with, so the researcher I've been going out with is Todd Standing, right? So how that kind of began is I was listening to Coast to Coast, you know, I paid for their subscription where I can just listen to it, whatever, on demand, right? Uh, Pretty much a podcast. Um, So I heard him on there, uh, I think he was on there with George Knapp. um, And he was going over some of his experiences and he started talking like, like some weird things. And he, one of the things caught my uh, ear where he said one of them actually picked him up at some point. Right. And I was like, Hmm, okay. And then at the end of it, he said, if you don't believe me, come out with me and I'll show you. Right. And I don't hear a lot of people tell me that, like when I'm listening to Bigfooters, right? most of them are like, you know, it's sporadic, you know, I saw a glimpse and you know, this guy's, saying you know i made this documentary come out and i'll prove it right i was like okay i've never heard of this documentary this was like 2020 and i guess his documentary came out like 2017 Sounds right. so i didn't know anything about it (laughs) so i went and found his documentary and watched it and i was like you know holy no holy crap this is a (laughs) lot of uh interesting stuff here so it was to me it was compelling i wasn't sure um i'm like everyone else like skeptic right like okay, this looks legitimate. I can't find like the flaw of first watching it. Right. So like everybody else, I go on the internet, trying to scour, like, who is this guy? What's he doing? And I'm like, I can't find a ton of, I found a lot of conjecture of, of like, like blogs and stuff saying, you know, he, he faked all this, that's a Muppet, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, they're not really giving me any evidence. Like all they're saying is he's a fraud, but I don't see how they're proving he's a fraud. Like there's no video breakdowns that I found that weren't conjecture of, look, that's obviously a mask. And it's like, what? I I don't see a mask in his video. Like, how can you just prove it to me? Right. So I know proof is a matter of fact. And like, sometimes something's so good, you can't prove it's real or fake. So, you know, I, like I said, I've come in to it as a skeptic and I was like, okay, after a, I don't know, at least a month of just trying to find stuff. Like at night, I'd wake, like, like go through and try to find stuff and what people are saying about him, right? Um, I couldn't find really anything that, from my perspective at least, that kind of was a silver bullet saying this guy's a hoaxer, right? So I was like, okay. He said, come out with him. So I went to his website and I sent him an email, hit nothing back, right? <laughs> a couple months later, I sent another email and then someone else, I guess, that kind of would like watch his inbox sent me something saying, Hey, he's really busy. I don't know if you go out with him, Right. He's probably probably pretty booked this year. And I was like, okay, well, can you just put me on the list for next year? Like I want to go out. I want to see what it's doing. So, and then like a month after that, he sends me an email and says, Hey, I have an open spot. You want to come out still? Like, like send me all your contact info, your credentials. Like he just kind of wanted to know, like, I think he gets a lot of people just like basically play the game and then they're like not serious. Right. <laughs> so
0: yeah. yeah, I was, I was, I was wondering if you were going to get into like, whether there was a vetting process, uh, whether he yeah. vetted you and, you know, obviously you, you were making an attempt to, to vet him. Um,
2: yeah. And the, there was, I had a call with him. He said, had a call with me he wanted to know why I wanted to come out with him and like what, you know, what my thoughts were on certain aspects, like, but you know he's uh, he's really into nature, like, and I'm kind of a I'm in the kind of the same book, Like I love going outside, I love nature, like you know communion, <laughs> being free, right? So I don't know. We kind of clicked in that nat- in that sense. Um, but I mean, he he kind of just wanted to know like my credentials, like also like he wants respectable people to come out with him you know, I guess he would really prefer like PhDs in sciences. Right. But someone that has a degree as well, like I have a bachelor's in computer science. So I, you know, I, I have that aspect, but you know, he really just looking for someone that's passionate about it and like wants to actually experience something and not just go out there and be like giving him shit 24 seven saying, Yeah. Calling him out. He's like, you're not going to have a good experience if all the whole time all you're doing is saying I'm a hoaxer. Like, why are you coming out with me? Right. Right. (laughs) So that's more or less the vetting process. And I think he gets a lot of people trying to go out there and he said people will pay up front and then one third of the people will just not even show up (laughs) like they don't even show up like they'll pay like half. And he'll be like, okay, it's going to be this day. And they'll basically say, ah, I'm not coming anymore. He's like, well, you know, the deposit is not refundable. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not coming. Right. So he's like, more or less, he wants people to go out there with him. But like a third of the time, people just don't show up. So it's kind of weird.
0: That is strange. I wonder, I wonder why that is. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I think, you know, it is seven days <laughs> or about eight days out there in the, in the sticks. So. I think some people just uh, (laughs) they kind of get cold feet. Maybe. I don't know. I was all for it. (laughs) So that's kind of the the thing.
0: That's a strange why he would. I mean, I hate I hate to be this way, and I'm not trying to introduce any preconceived (sighs) ideas, Mm -hmm. even though I do have I have seen enough to to have formed. Some preconceived ideas, um, as I think a lot of people who are into it as far as I am may have. Um, I, I don't see any reason why he would lie about that. I, I can't see that that would be a, uh, an area for contention, why he would say people would pay and then just not go. Um, but that, that is yeah, a because- strange. I mean, money money doesn't grow on trees we all know that and why, why you wouldn't be interested in at least trying to get your money back yeah it's 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 uh
2: interesting i mean i did sign something saying you know if I uh, die on this expedition or become dismembered or whatever, like they're not going to try to sue him because right. Uh, right. I'm assuming all the risk and he's not, he's, he's a guide. He's not like here, like he can't take insurance, right? Like he, he recommends you have insurance if you come out because it is back country bears, mountain lions. Right. Right. So, so there is that aspect and I don't I don't I didn't care about that, you know. <laughs> I, I whatever, I'll sign whatever you want me to sign. I just want to go out there.
0: Hmm. So in your conversation with him, uh your your phone conversation where you guys are are talking about putting this together, where you're going to do this. Um what's your what's your initial read off of him? Um, he's really energetic.
2: He likes to talk, right? Yeah. Sometimes if you don't stop him, like if you don't stop him mid sentence, he'll just he'll just keep going, right? right? So he's really passionate, loves to talk, likes to get into everything. He started talking about the ecology up there and everything else, and like kind of you know uh, like that he's gonna basically not just show me or somehow show me Bigfoot, but also teach me about what to eat. If you're there, like all the stuff that the Bigfoot would eat, like all the berries to eat, all the plants you can eat. Right. So he's really, um, uh, he kind of just got into his background a little bit and kind of went into like, I think he told me like maybe a few stories. Like I said, it was like an hour and a half conversation. And he likes to talk. So <laughs> it was interesting to me. Um, but yeah, it was more or less just saying, okay, you know, If you want to do this, then I'll send you some emails and paperwork. You can put a deposit down, and then when it's time to go, and I think the first time I went, it was uh, September, uh, end of September. So, you know, I think I put a deposit down, like, in March or April, and then had to wait, like, three or four months, and then went out with them, right? So I can say, I mean – if you're going to go out with him, you know, flights and everything else, I mean, all that money, if you don't live in Canada or British Columbia, like you got to take, you know, that's your expense to get there. And then he, he, it's, it's public, public, uh, information on what he charges on his website. So if you guys want to know what he charges, just go to his website. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I took it as, well, I looked at it kind of thought, okay, if I'm out there for eight days with this guy and he's going to feed, like, he, if he's going to feed me and kind of be a almost like a navigator, if I went to a hotel room for eight days, to me it's like, yeah, that could be this equivalent, right? Okay. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, uh, so if he's going to spend eight days down the woods with you, like, that's his livelihood. So I was like, okay, makes sense. Like, I, I can see why you would have to, you can't just take you out there for free, like, and, right. like, and he, I think he does a uh, week on week off starting May ish to October. So I think something like 12 expeditions a year, like a week at a time. So, I mean, that's a lot of time and energy and money. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why he charges. Like everyone gets upset about, oh, he's charging money. Well, like if you're out there in the, <laughs> that's his, it's kind of like his livelihood. Like, I don't like, okay, I get it. This is what he does. Like I get why he charges people because he's out there for so long.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, there in the community of of bigfooters, if that's if that's a term, um, you know, there's there's some polarizing opposite. Um, you know, some some people get really really annoyed with groups that are charging to take people out to to have an experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because for one, um, there's no guarantee <laughs> that you're going to have the experience. Um, and and I think sometimes those types of people are viewed as disingenuous and just trying to cash in on it. Um, mm-hmm. But you bring up a valid point. If this is the guy's livelihood and this is what he's doing, you know, there is some expense to what he does. And, and he, he's looking to earn a living. Doing something that he's very passionate about. So, you know, much like any other business or podcast, you know, at a, at a point, you reach a, a saturation point where, um, without some kind of revenue coming in, um, the sustainability of doing what you do comes into question. And, you know, I've been fortunate that now with, you know, some ads running and, you know, I'm, I'm actually, Getting close to this being a self sustaining podcast so it's it's not costing me anything out of pocket anymore, and I'm not getting rich off of it, but it's supporting itself and to me that's mm-hmm. a that's a huge win, so you know from the standpoint of somebody like him, you know i mean I, I imagine where you meet him there's there's a significant amount of travel to get to where you actually start going into the um into the woods and then you know like you said if he's providing you with meals uh you know a couple of squares a day and uh making sure that he's guiding you in a a safe and uh responsible manner for 8 days i i can see there there'd be some significant cost to it
2: right and he, it's not like he's he only takes at the most three or four people at a time. Like that's pretty much all he does. It's not like he's inviting 20 people at a time and trying to cash in. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's not really, it's not sustainable. It's not doable from his perspective, just talking with him. Right. But, um, I mean, I mean, if you did the calculation, you could probably figure out how much he's making a year doing it. And it's still not making him rich. (laughs) Right. Right. He's earning, he's earning a living. So it's, it's a living. Right. So I, I don't know. Uh, I was okay with the cost. Um, I, I have a little bit of means, and then I was like, you know, I want to go somewhere where they say there's experience. I don't want to go out in the woods and camp. Like, I can do that anywhere. I want to see if I can see something, hear something, you know, see the evidence. That's what yeah. I want to do because I've never seen it before, right, especially where I'm at. Like, there's there's really nothing around here. my like, Anyway, I know there's some people that say there's activity in Texas I just – I'm not in touch with those groups and all the land in Texas isn't really forestry. In my opinion, it's almost like a half desert. <laughs> so the people that own the land, you got to get permission to go on it because everybody owns the land in Texas. There's not like, so anyway,
0: Well, I've heard, uh, several people. In fact, uh, I know a guy that just moved down to Florida or down to Texas, uh, fairly recently to reunite with the rest of his family. Um, and they're in, in Eastern Texas and uh, there's, uh, something there called the, the big thicket. Yeah. And that Uh, supposedly has a lot of, uh, a lot of experiences going on there.
2: Yeah. I'd love to get in touch with some groups, uh, that aren't like, so pro I want to kill this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like a, uh, a lot of Texans have ruined that experience. And this is just my perspective, like opinion, obviously, but you know, like kind of a shoot first, ask questions later mentality down here. A lot of the times, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm going to shoot at it. Right. So I don't know. I feel like, I'll, I feel like almost like I, all the stories I hear down Texas, Louisiana area, they all seem kind of hostile.
0: Right. I, after, after the, after we're done recording, I can put you in contact with, uh, a family that that's over there in East Texas that is not pro-kill. Um Okay. And I I know the son personally. Um I've met the dad. Uh good people. And and I'll I'll get you their information after the after the show.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. I'm always looking for somewhere local <laughs> to go, but
0: well, no place is local in Texas. Everything's uh, yeah, thousand no, miles right. away, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. It's two or three hours in any direction to to get anywhere that's not basically flat farmland where I'm
0: at. So, yeah. okay, so let's uh, let's get into the meeting. What you guys did. How you sure. went about it and what, if anything, you experienced
2: so like I said, and I'm I'm kinda just kinda go through the steps, you know, if you want to get more into the meat of things, just cut me off at any point here. But sure. you know, he picks you up from the airport, he takes you it's uh, somewhere like three and a half to four hours away from he lives in Calgary, right? So it's about three or four hours yeah, somewhere in, in the mix of that, away from Calgary in the Radium Mountain Range, right? So, you pass Banff, and then it's in between Banff and Radium, kind of, right? It's the best general location I can give you at this point.
0: I'm um, not going to ask you for specifics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, So, you get out there. I got out there, and it was basically I I had a late flight. So it was dark by the time I got out there and I was out with another, another guy from, I think he was red deer. His name is Craig. Um, so we basically all just went out there together in his truck, he has a, he actually has a, a camper out there that he basically just leaves in this forest. (laughs) Nobody messes with it. It has been there for years and it's, it's almost like squatting rights at this point, but I don't know all the Canadian laws. So, um, so we get out there, it's pitch black, you know, he's like, you know, let me get out, make sure there's no wild animals, you know, getting into his trail in his camper and and it's not like this awesome camper, right? It's like this nineteen eighty five camper with no power. You use it just as a shell to sleep in so bears don't jump on your head, right? That's right. basically what he's using it for. Um, he's got some solar out there that when I first went out there where he could like turn on the power to charge your phone and stuff for a little bit. But I mean, this camper is not the lap of luxury whatsoever. <laughs> right? So, and he has, um, e-bikes. He has three or four e-bikes that he, you know, he maintains because, uh, he's kind of, um, his approach is a little different now, but like you really want people to be kind of fit and be able to hike. And like when you're hiking all day, like you're kind of wore out. So the next day he kind of just wanted to take the e-bikes out and like have that like available to not be like basically just uh sore the whole time you're there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what it, he also has expense there and, you know, maintaining all that. But so we get there, you know, we just, he makes dinner. We kind of sit around, he has a fire, you know, and this is kind of like his base camp area. Right. So this is, um, even with my experience this is basically where most of the activity happens anyway and it's kind of on like this plateau there's mountains mountains all around this place and it's kind of like I don't know it's kind of like a little tiny lower elevation um, and it's kind of got hill, some hills around one side of it so it's it's almost like uh, he's at a disadvantage like if it, if you know like everywhere around this place like trees everywhere is an open spot. It's like an open field trees all around it. So anything can go any way, three sixty around this place. And there's a hillside on one side. So he definitely doesn't have any kind of advantage, whatever, whatever you want to call it yeah. against anything out there. Right. So, um, I just getting used to Todd and Craig and just, you know, getting him to tell me stories and stuff. And yeah, like I said, he can talk, he can tell you stories all day. Right. Um, so more or less, you know, First night, we just kind of were tired. I've been traveling all day. I just went to bed in the RV and woke up, right? Um, and Like I said, he kind of has a plan. And at the same time, he doesn't. Like um, People say, well, he just kind of leads you somewhere, and he has something to happen, right? You know, like a setup. Um, he kind of just says, you guys can do what you want to do. We can go here. You can go here. Like, what do you guys want to do? Like, it's your expedition. If you feel a sense that you want to go this way, let's go that way, right? so that's kind of what we did. Um, we, we went out, uh, he has this, I'd say it's about 80 yards away from the fire pit that we have every night up a hill. Like he showed me some tracks to start off with the next morning. He said, I've been putting apples out here for the last week. They've been taking them. Um, there's, there's like moths, like real, you know, real, mossy area where they you can see these huge tracks going up this hill right and and they're 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 big i'm not like a scientist i didn't get out a ruler and start measuring stuff because i don't (laughs) it looked to me it looked legitimate just looking at it and i was like okay that's cool um so we go up this hill and he's like all right let's put apples on this tree like we did on survivor man so i get on todd's shoulders and todd you can't see it but this dude is built like a football player, okay? He's hiking all the time and I'm I'm looking at his legs and he's just, he's huge. Like he's actually an ex football player. <laughs> he used he? to play college uh, professional Canadian football and I guess his 20s, I don't know. But he's he's a really fit guy and I get on his shoulders. So uh, and I put all these apples up this tree and I'm on his shoulders putting them everywhere probably He's six, uh, anyway, I probably about 12, 13 feet in the air, like all over the street, just nailing like 15 of these red delicious apples up there. Um, and, uh, you know, I get down and he's like, okay, oh, he starts trying to teach us about, you know, this is where they've been taking them. Like, I feel like they led me here cause they put tracks up this hill. They didn't have to walk up that hill. They didn't have to leave tracks. So that's why I've been putting apples as a gift, like a gifting area. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't really know anything yet. I haven't seen anything. I don't know anything about Todd. I'm just listening. And uh, he's like, okay, so tree knocks. My thing on tree knocks is that sounds more like a rock knock than a tree knock. And I'm gonna, I want to show you what I'm talking about. And um, so he picks up a rock and he's, he's, he said, you know, hit that, tr- hit that tree with that rock as hard as you can. Right? So we're up on this hill with a gifting area, he calls it. So I hit the tree with a rock and, you know, it makes a, you know, it hurts your hand a bit, but it makes a loud sound. Um, And then he's like, okay, so to me, like, I don't think they're wood knocks. I think they're picking up rocks and hitting the trees with it. Right. It just sounds more like a rock sound than a tree on tree. I was like, okay. Interesting theory. He's like, okay, Craig, you try it now. He's like this time when you try it, um, let's just give it a minute. Cause most of the time when I do two, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, like I get a, I get something response back and he's like, okay. So Craig hits this tree real hard. He's hurt his hand. We're sitting there just listening and, um, and I can tell the distance. Uh, I can tell the general direction and everything. Like it's probably hundred yards like North, uh, West of us, and you just hear this super loud, like, boom, right? Sound like somebody hit a tree with the biggest baseball bat you ever heard, right? It was, like, four times louder than what we did. And I'm just I'm just kind of saying, like, seriously, I've been here for, like, half a day, and I'm already getting this. Yeah. Like, what is this? And I'm like, okay, that's super interesting. And he kind of just, you know, he's like, yep. I told you, like this, this happened. Like you guys, no one believes me. This is happening. This is this is real. He's like, I'm going to show you the area. You can believe what you want to believe. You think I have a guy out here running around? You know, at the end of this, you can tell me, right? And I was like, okay. He's like, at this moment, like my methodology is when I hear a sound like that, I just basically the next day I'll go look for evidence, right? And I don't like go running towards it because I don't want to like. And this is him talking. I don't want to, like, ruin the relationship or, like, be overzealous and drive, you know, make them uncomfortable. Like, I just want them to be around, you know, especially for you guys. I want them to see you guys make jokes, laugh. Like, his perspective was, you know, the more laughter and play, the more they're going to want to come and, like, check you guys out, right? I was like, okay, makes sense. So, you know, we're all three guys. We make lots of jokes, and <laughs> we're doing all that. But, well, like, I, I really wanted to go check out this rock knock area. Um, but, you know, we just kind of went on to something else, right? So well, that, so that seems, was that seems like that thing be, that happened
0: to me. I'm sorry. That go seems ahead. like that would be a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> um, you know, you, you had the, the general direction that you, you thought it was coming from. You you had a pretty good idea in your head how the distance away from it, um, but to to actually go and look for evidence of a tree knock or a rock clack or a rock knock, I think we just added a new rock yeah. knock. I think we just added a new uh, new term to the vernacular. Um, you know, it, it, in I mean, from the perspective of somebody that was their experience in it. If you don't move towards that area and try to get it to repeat itself so that you can kind of hone in on it. um, I'm assuming everywhere you looked, there were trees and everywhere you looked there was, you know, the area was indiscernible from, from the next. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, I get his idea behind not wanting to scare him off and just, you know, having a safe place for them to continue to interact. Um mm-hmm. but man, it seems like it'd be awfully difficult to to go off and the next day even and and try to track down some some form of evidence.
2: Yeah, and he more or less said the same thing. He's like, I don't know if we'll find any evidence, we can go in that direction and look, right? Like he's like, I don't know. I I don't always find evidence, but we can look you know, tomorrow we can go look for it, right? And I was, like I said, I'm new out there. <laughs> he knows this area. I didn't want to question his methods. I just kind of wanted to have an experience. That's really what I want out there. I want to have experience. I want to have a sighting. You know, I wanted something, right? So I'm just like, okay, whatever gets me something, I'm okay with. Like, you're, you, you kind of running the show here a bit. Like, I'll just listen to you and keep moving, right? So that's what I did. But, He's kind of changed his methodology a bit um, since the first time I came out, honestly. So when I went there, the last expedition with him, he was completely 180 on that. Like, he's totally changed. Like, I don't know. Everybody has to try something different so that he's basically walking. Anytime he hears anything, he's going towards it now. So I don't know, Mm. right? To each their own, like, he's, he's like more or less thinking that you know, if they're making a sound now, like they're inviting me to come play with them, I'm going to go play with them, right? So when I first met him, he wasn't that way. Now he is.
0: How how long of a a span of time from the first time you'd been out with him till the last time you were out? How, a couple of years, three years, five years, six months? Uh, so
2: 2021 September, and the last time I went out with him was 2023 July. So about two years. So um so I went out in September 21 and then July of 2022 and or sorry now it was June of 2022 and then July of 2023. So kind of like once every year so so far.
0: Yeah. And the last time just last month. Yep. So I'm curious does he does he talk about the the issues that he faces with with regards to what some people say about his credibility does he does he circumvent that at all or does he cover that with you guys
2: uh, i mean i don't have anything to lose so i question the shit out of him <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i i actually um, you had brought up at some point, his sister was, uh, whatever makeup artist, special effects artist. I, he literally, he lives with his sister. I met his sister. She's got children In no way or shape or form. Is she a special effects artist? <laughs> she, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think she was a hairdresser, right? That's what she did. So if you think a hairdresser can be a special effects artist, you're pretty much dead wrong. Um, and she's a very nice person. She's in her, I think probably her forties or late forties. Like I said, kids, no, <laughs> I didn't see, like, I, I actually stayed at their house for a night, like before I went to the airport to leave. I mean, there, I didn't see any evidence of any of that. Like yeah. I talked to her for, I talked to her for like an hour and a half. She kind of, cause she kind of told me some stories and like how Todd was when he was younger and how he's kind of fearless and all this stuff. Um, but you know, I, I I poked at her. I think a few times, saying, "Are you sure you're not special?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where people. I don't know why people say this stuff. So,
0: well, I, I, I think <laughs> like going back to what we were talking about before we started recording. You know, there there is so much out there that you have to weed through. That is unsubstantiated. It's it's horseshit. There's, you know, anybody who's got any kind of an angle that if they don't want to see him be successful, you know, they're going to come at him and say, you know, oh, it's this or it's that or it's this or it's that, you know, and it's not just him, it's the, the community of people in Bigfooting. It, it's so divisive, and if you want to prove it to yourself, just, you know, join some Reddit groups or some uh, Facebook groups that it, it's just these people just tear each other apart. No. And and it's it's a shame, you know, that, that people have to be that way. Um you know evidence wise, um you know from from watching his his documentary good Christ, if if that's real, if those faces that he had such crystal clear images of, if that's real I don't see I don't see any reason on God's green earth why you would not provide everything that you had to show that the to show proof that that was real. You know, people argue that you know it's it, what we get to see is only a couple of seconds. You know, where's the video leading up to it? Where's the video afterwards? You know, everybody's got these expectations and these desires that they want um, in order to substantiate the proof for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and and unfortunately, then that kind of becomes the norm. So when, you know, you get a group of people that hear this one person say, well, you know, that can't be real because we don't know what happened in the 30 seconds before that and the 30 seconds after it. So, you know, it's not real. Well, then you got a yeah. bunch of other people that are like, yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. It it's not real, you know.
2: Well, I can tell you he did that footage before. It was probably like 2000 the, like the main like up-close HD faces, right? Mm-hmm. He, he did that. He released that footage like 2008 to 2011, right? And there wasn't a whole lot of Hey, I have an iPhone in that era. Right. Right. (laughs) And he, and he showed me the camera he recorded it with. It's like a Canon, you know, it's a good Canon camera. Right. And he would carry it with him around his neck. You got to think you're not going to record with a Canon camera 24 seven. Right. It's going to run out of batteries. So, so if you're coming up and you see something, you're going to pick up that camera, you're going to hit the button, you're going to point it. Right. There is no lead up. <laughs> right? Right. So I get his perspective. Then that was his response to me when you asked the, same, I asked the same question. Right. He's like, well, there is no lead up. Like I saw it and I was like, holy crap, I got to record this. I pick up my camera and I hit record and that's it. Right. <laughs> so and he's like, and it was hard as hell to get those shots, like trying to weave in and out of the trees, like to make it focus on the right image um and then he has like a whole breakdown of like the one that looks like an ewok everyone says Mm -hmm. of how he had the camera at this uh, you know i'm not a photographer but he had the camera at the wrong lighting setting and he was it was like super daylight there was no clouds out so everything was just botched with the lighting for this face right it looks messed up because of he had it like in like night mode and all this other stuff. And he goes into like how he had to like do all these things and how he had to like crawl and get into this area. And like I said, this guy is, he's been back country for so long. Like he, he's literally risking his life to go out there. Like he has balls of steel. I will give him that. Like I saw the mountain ranges. He went up. I actually slept on the mountainside that survivor Man did on, on his episode. Up the mountain, I slept up there. I went up there because I wanted to go up there, and it is, it is a, it is a damn hard hike. It takes eight hours to get up that mountain. <laughs> um, so this guy is no joke. Like he's when he says he's backcountry, he he went backcountry. Like he went over these mountain ranges, middle of nowhere, by himself for weeks to get that footage.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. So I, I don't know. I, um, I can see how people are skeptical and say, oh, that doesn't look real to me. Right. But to me it looks real enough to say I need to go out with this guy and see if he's legitimate. Right. And I, and I, I, if someone says, this is how he did it, I made it, I made the exact same thing or this is similar and I, this is how you do it. This is how he did it. I'd be like, Oh, well maybe he's full of shit. Right. (laughs) Maybe some of those are full of shit. I don't know, but I haven't seen anyone actually to me what I've scoured and, Looked at people's evidence, like I can't see. No one's re replicated it. Everyone just gives it shit because they like, you know, either they have a big ego and they're like, oh, that's fake, or they just don't try to dive into it and be like, is this real or not? Right. Isn't it funny so, because
0: everybody bitches and complains that all the flo- photos are blurry and everything, you know, the terrible lighting, and it's terrible conditions, and you're using a cell phone and you're removing and everything's, they're terrible pictures. But then you get some that are like pristine quality. And then they want to tear those apart as well. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, it's it's not like just a, a glimmer either. Like, it's a recording. Like, I, you see this thing blink. You see a fly land on its eye. Like, and then you got people saying, oh, it's a robotic Muppet. And I'm like, have you hung out with Todd? The guy is not tech savvy whatsoever. He can't build a million-dollar robot head. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard like I went out and I, and I, like I said, I'm a tech guy. I started questioning him, like how he's doing certain things and he don't know. He is not a tech guy. He can make a documentary. He Maybe he's good at making documentaries, right? He's getting good at putting videos together, right? And being that, you know, level, like his documentary is in my opinion, it was really good. It was well put together. It was a little long, but he did have PhDs with him, like PhDs with him, and he was trying to get into the science, right? So, but I don't know. It's it's just, I just think it's crazy that people are, like, just so quick to judge and say it's fake when they don't even look into it. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to be, okay, I can't figure out this guy, if he's real or not. Can't figure out, like, I can't find any evidence of him faking it, so I'm going to go out and see if he's full of shit or not. So that was my perspective the whole time. Like, I want to get to, I want to see how he lives. I want to see how organized he is. I want to see, you know, I met his, like I said, I say in his house, met his sister. Like, so I, I was in his world for a bit. Right. So I got to know the guy. Um, so, you know, I got what I needed out of it, but you know, everyone else can think what they want to think until you go out with them. You're not going to know. Yeah.
0: So what did you come back with, as far as experiences. So,
2: I'll, I'll try not to make it so long. I, I think I can talk for a while. You're but fine. Like the first expi- um, first expedition. Like I said, there was that rock knock. Um, we the next night or I might've been that night. I have all my notes down, but it gets jumbled on the lineage or the chronicles of the days here. But like either that night or the next night or by the fire, you know, just it's nine thirty mountain time, the sun's down and we're just talking, whatever, doing just talking about stories. And we hear this weird, almost like an owl sound. Right. and, like I said, uh, it's 30, 30 yards from us on on my left, and you hear it twice, and it's kind of like just weird sound, right? Didn't quite, like, I'm not an owl expert. It just sounded weird, right? So I was like, Todd's, like, perking his ears up, like, yeah, that's not normal, right? He's like, I can't say it's not. He said, it, I think he said it at the time, it's Sowie Owl. He's like, I can't say it's not, but it didn't sound right, right? So, so we just kind of listen. he's like, "Okay, we'll just keep your backs to the wood line and let him come in further because I think that's something. So we're just talking about uh, literally five minutes later. I'm in front of the fire, and my backs, like there's this kind of pathway to the woods behind me. It's like 10 feet, right? All you can see around us is this darkness. This, this is the middle of nowhere. And I just hear this like chip, 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 chip like a chirp. Never heard it did not sound like a bird and it was coming right. It was so close to me. It's probably, like I said, 10, 15 feet behind me. And I'm just like, what in the world is this? <laughs> he's like, I've only heard that once before. And I, cause it just sounded for a little bit, um, you know, freaked me and Craig out a bit. And he's like, I've heard that once before. And that sounds to me like it's a uh, whatever juvenile baby Sasquatch. And, you know, Um, I've heard it once before, you know, he kind of goes into the story. Um, but that's what it sounded like to me. I was like, Oh, it it sounded super weird to me. I definitely didn't sound like a bird. It was like a very weird chirp. Right. So that's about all that happens for the rest of the night. And the next morning we kind of go evidence hunting. So we, we go to that spot where we kind of heard that weird owlish sound. And like, like I said, Todd, He's, he's very much skilled at tracking. Like he was, he goes into all these stories about, he was trained by some Cree elder and he's a tracker and you can see it. Like he's definitely good at what he, he definitely knows his way around the woods. Right. So he, we're walking out there. He doesn't even find it though. So Craig finds this track, you know, uh, I think we, I think we measured it about 14 or 15 inches long. You can see the, like the toe indentions where it looks like someone's standing there for I don't know an hour maybe right like it left an impression it was standing on top of this like um little juniper bush right like on top of it it pressed this bush down and you could see where its feet were and they were like uh, I want to say this one was about five inches width in width at the at the heel and if you put your camera up to where this thing was like in in the air right you can see our campfire perfectly if you're eight feet tall. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, that's pretty weird. And it's not like Todd led me over there, or Craig over there. We just went over there on our own trying to look for stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is weird. And he's like, Todd, check this out. He's like, yeah, that, that looks like something to me. Right. So, like, okay. So, and then we're like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, kind of a tourist in this land. So I take pictures. Right. And then I go, um, and then we go up the hillside to over here, that rock knock. Right. And he's like, guys, I really don't expect you guys to find nothing up here. Like we, we can look, but you know, I, and he's, he's showing us like all these tree bake he has, I can go into tree breaks with you, but he's got so many tree breaks around his base camp all around the general location. It's ridiculous. And they're all very weird uh, like there's ones that are 10 15 years old there's ones that are a couple months old um and there's some of those trees are six eight inches in like diameter and it, it doesn't make any sense the way they were broke so he's kind of showing us all these tree breaks while we're looking for some evidence right saying look at this tree break look at this tree break what do you think about it what's your opinion he's like can a human do this do you think nature do this. You think snow load did this and you know, we'll sit there and play with the tree and there's no way I can bend this tree. There's no way I can have this clean break. Right. Yeah. It's like almost like a pressure break. Right. If you ever watch his documentary, you can, he kind of goes in with, with uh, one of the PhDs in that. Right. But you know, he's showing us all this. And then Craig's like, Hey, i there's tracks going up this hillside here and we go over there and there's, there's these again, probably about 15 inch tracks going up a hill and we literally craig's like walking the tracks there's probably about five or six of them um and it's not like a rained or anything like there's just like deep impressions it looks like a foot it looks doesn't look like a human foot it's really big it's going up this hill and they're in line like everybody says they walk in line and There's space to where you have to do lunges to go up this hill, right? It's like nobody goes up a hill doing lunges, (laughs) right? So they're so far apart. And then you see, and this is weird, you see where this rock is missing out of the ground, okay? And then about five feet up, this rock's on the ground away. And you can see where something picked up a rock and then placed it like five feet up this hill. I can't – I looked at the trees around there. I didn't see any evidence of like it getting hit, like there was no tree that was smashed. Right. I couldn't find one at least, but it is weird that we heard that we went to that general location. We found something that kind of matched what we heard. Um, and then, you know, there's tree breaks all up this hillside. So it's like, you know, coincidence. I don't know. I don't really believe in coincidence that much. Like if there's evidence pointing towards something, you heard something, you know, there's, there's, Either that happened at some point with the track, the tracks look pretty like they didn't look old, right? Um, and I think we, there's a video on Todd's channel, you can actually see what I'm talking about right now. He made a video, I don't, I'd have to send you the links to it because it was, like I said, two years ago and he's probably got 400 videos now. And we're, you know, you can see what I'm talking about. You can see the tracks, you can see where it picked up the rock. Um, and like I said, I can't prove that it hit a tree, but it sounded like, something hitting a tree right? I, want, I want to go so, back to
0: something you said you you said they didn't the prince didn't look human and i'm going to ask you to explain that statement was it just simply because of the size or was the uh, the configuration of the foot did not look human or to me it's the width that gets it every time mm-hmm. um
2: it's just so wide uh, like my heel is a a couple, uh, maybe at the most two and a half inches wide. I don't know. Like a normal foot is not wide. Right. Um, and this thing is five inches wide. It's huge. Right. You can see the toe indents and you know, I know everyone talks about the mid tarsal joint in the middle. I didn't see that, but it just, it looks like a five toed person, but it's too wide to be a person. And that's how I differentiate it. Like it almost looks like, when I'm out in the woods now with them, I'm always looking for like these, it's almost like a triangle like this. That's what I'm and like. The bases, I don't know. I, I don't know. Why. I'm always looking for triangles now, but it, it's just so big. Um, and like, you won't even realize it because they're so big that you're just walking over it. Right. You're like, there's no way that could be something. And you start looking at it like, wait a second. That looks like toe prints. It looks like, like something smashed it. So it's, it's just, it, like I said, it's too big to be a person's foot unless there's a 10-foot, uh, you know, male out there walking in the woods, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that has a 15-inch print that's, to, you know, double the double the width of a normal person. I don't know. That, I guess that's a possibility, but I doubt it. So, and then, like Craig says, hey, have you ever gone over there? And this is probably 200 yards away. And Todd's like, no, I don't usually go over there. Like I usually stay on this side. Like I haven't, he's like, I haven't explored all this area. Like there's too much to explore. You guys can go wherever you want to go. So we're just kind of walking in this general area, me and Craig. And I find in this general area, Todd's not, like Todd's doing his own thing. He's walking around, looking at the ground, looking at stuff you know, he's pointing out tree breaks when he sees them. He's like, look at that tree break. Check out that tree break. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? He always asks us, you know, what percent do you think a person made that? Like, like, give it a percent. Like, what, you know, he's trying to get, like, our opinion on things. And then Craig for like, oh, my God, Todd, look at this print. And this print we find is, like, 18, 19 inches like probably eight inches wide. <laughs> this thing is huge. I put my foot in. It, I took my shoe off and just put my foot in it, and it's like so. It's like four times bigger than my foot. I'm not like a. I don't have a huge foot. Like we're like a nine or a ten. Like I'm not a tall person. I'm like five foot seven. Um, but this thing just dwarfed me. Like I would be scared to run into whatever made that print. Yeah. Right. And he started explaining like. And you know, this is all Todd hearsay. This is what he says he hears. He says he hears like the T-Rex, like boom out there. He's like, and that's when the, and this is him saying it. All I can do is tell you what he says. He's like, that's when the dominant male, he calls, I can't remember what he He gives them a name. He names them all, but you know, that's not their name. Um, like that's when he makes his presence. He hits the ground with his foot because he, he doesn't have to make that imprint. He does it for a reason, and he's like boom. He, so that's why Todd kind of calls him the boom because they make this big boom like, and you can feel the vibration like it's almost like a T Rex hitting the ground in the movie, right? And. I mean, it looks like it could be a dinosaur print. To be honest with you, it was so big, and it, like it was massive. I just looking at, and it was probably three, four inches deep into that, into the ground. And you're jumping on the ground as hard as you can. You're you you're not doing anything, right? So whatever it made that print, 1, thousand, twelve hundred pounds at least. Like it, it was ridiculous. So we sit there and took pictures of it, talked about it. You know, he goes into you think a person did this, right? <laughs> so. Just looking at it, I'd say no, right? There's no way. Um, So to me, that was, like, really substantial evidence. So far, just finding these prints, hearing the rock knock sound, I was like, okay, like, I'm having a decent time from my perspective. I'm getting a little bit of what I came for. I'm like, okay, this is pretty interesting. The tree breaks, everything else. So we, um, we do that, and... Um, the other thing so Craig's kind of a adventurer, he's like a thirty two year old or I don't know, thirty year old guy, single guy, he likes the dirt bike. He's just like like I said, he he does like adventurous stuff. He's like, Hey, let's go out in the woods at night on our e bikes, right? <laughs> and Todd's like, I don't know nothing out in these woods or you see lights or like I don't he's like, I don't wanna spook a bear. I don't like he's like, I don't know, it's just dangerous to go out there like you know, nothing out here ever sees like a silent bike at night. Right. And i like, ah, oh, let's just do it, Todd. Let's do it. And he's like, all right, fine. Let's do it. So we go out one night doing that and we park probably a mile away from base camp. Like, no, nah, this is, this is, oh, I get wrong with my direction It's South of base camp. So we, it's like an open spot. And Todd Todd does this call every now and then, right? Like he'll say if you guys want to do a call, you can. You don't have to, but every now and then he's like, ah, I just feel like doing a call. So he does this like it's uh it's like a pro wrestler like his calls like sounds like a pro wrestler going. I don't remember his name. He goes woo, right? And yeah. I don't want to do it on yeah. here because I'll I'll just sound like a jackass. But <laughs> um, but it it you know it echoes throughout that whole mountain range when he does it. It's super loud. So he does it to one side, and like I said, he does two calls. So he does it one to his left, one to his right, and we're just sitting there in the pitch black dark on our e-bikes, like kind of beside him. We don't have any lights on, and we're just listening. And about 45 seconds later, you just hear this huge crash, and it's hard to judge distance, this huge crash. Just go boom, boom, right? And I'm just like, what the hell was that? And he's like, you guys heard that right? I'm telling you, I do two calls. I get that's our callback. <laughs> I was like, he's like, do you think I have some guy out in the woods over there, like half a mile away, waiting for me to call? He's like, this wasn't planned. You're the ones that want to take these bikes out here. I didn't lead you here. You did it. He's like, you think that was me doing it? And I was like, mm, I'm going to say 99% no. <laughs> Anyone's out in the woods and without a fire or a light in those woods is crazy. That's just my opinion. So, and, and it was so loud. It was like, boom, boom. It sounded like something breaking a tree, right? Like, and pushing it over. So, we're just like, oh, that's crazy. And he's like, if you get it, you know, I, he's like, there's a ridgeline up there. We can go up there the next day. Like, okay, let's do that so we go up there the next day we're following this ridgeline we have like um like i said he's he's kind of a spiritual in nature in tune guy so we do he's very into like doing like being in tune with nature and he thinks and this is his perspective like you know the more they see that you're forging on the berries in the ground and like drinking the water you know they're more like hey these guys are you know kind of like us in a sense right right <laughs> and uh sorry i got yeah, three sorry. kids so <laughs> um so so we kind of do this like ritual thing where we drink the water from the stream and it's all like super pristine water up there it's like off a glacier you know better than you know the well water in texas right so we're we drink and we go up this hill we have lunch we start walking down this ridge line he's like You know, we see tree breaks, we see old tree breaks, like the whole time we're seeing tree breaks. And then we finally get to this one tree on this ridge line. And, and by the way, he has a Garmin with him that he pays for that where he can just like do GPS points. Right. And then he can do like an SOS in case somebody really gets badly hurt and maybe, maybe get someone out there, maybe not. Right. Um, but he's, he's doing like some GPS stuff and we're walking on this ridge line and we see this, tree that's really out of place like it's super you know when you break a tree you can see how fresh the wood is like right away like you can tell you can smell it we could smell how fresh this wood is and it was about 12 feet of this tree off the top on the ground and we couldn't find where it where the tree was that it came from and we're looking around and we finally find the tree and it's a good 30 feet away right And we're looking at this tree, and we're like, that's not a dead tree. Oh, there's no reason for that to be on the ground. And, then, like, they're picking this tree up and seeing how heavy it was. It takes two of them to pick it up, Craig and Todd pick it up. And, like I said, it's about 12 feet, and it's the top 12 feet of this tree. And we start looking at the tree, and, like, you can see where there's some limbs that are whatever went up this tree. Something went up this tree and was breaking a few of these really – Loose limbs, right? And then we start looking at the ground, and there's a track or two right below the tree. And we start looking at the ground and like a circular pattern. And then the, the, there's like a, like I said, it's on a ridge line. So, and you start seeing three, four prints going up this hill. And like I said, they're all the prints, most of them I've, I saw was probably about 15 inches, and they all look very similar. And they're going up this hill. They stop at this tree. And so, only thing we can think of was. This was the ridge line where we got the callback from. This thing went up this tree or two of them. I don't know. I don't know how they broke it, but they went up this tree and broke it, like just smashed it off the top. And they literally threw it through another, like the tree right beside it had limbs from this tree that was all the way through it. Like they threw it into it, into it and down like if this tree got hit by wind or lightning, it would go, you know, it would kind of like fall and, yeah. you know, it'd probably be, I don't know, 5, 10 feet at the most away from the tree where it, where it fell from, right? This one was 30 feet away, and it went through a whole another tree to land where it landed. So uh, <laughs> You could see all the branches.
0: Where it landed, was that in an area that would be more easily recognizable that you guys would be like, oh, hey, what what the hell is that? Or um, I mean, was it? Was it? Did it look like it was done intentionally, to to draw your attention to it, or was it just by chance that you guys noticed it?
2: Um, I mean, there was kind of a, there's kind of a pathway. All these trees are down, right, like this on this pathway, and we're just kind of following this down tree path on this ridgeline. So we just we're kind of just looking for evidence, and we just more or less saw it on the ground. I don't know placement if it was like intentional or not but we noticed like a fresh tree like you could tell like we ripped some of the wood off we looked at it like it looked like it somebody broke it the night before if if that was just our opinion and Todd's been out there long enough he can tell when a fresh break is like he's you know he tells you all about all these trees like I said he's really into the ecology but um but yeah it was it was crazy like I was and I can't say for sure that's what we heard, right? But I'm just saying circumstantial, there's a lot of evidence that, like, the first boom that I heard would be this thing breaking in half, and the second boom would be this thing flying through another tree and hitting the ground. It would have been really loud in the middle of the night with no wind because yeah. there was not no wind that There was zero wind that night. Um, and like I said, I can't say it was for sure, but it was, like, pretty, uh, I don't know, it was damning for my opinion. Um, And there was actually like another stick up this other tree that it flew through that was off a whole different type of tree, just hanging there. And there was no, um, I can't, I think it was a large tree. Um, And it was the, the stick from a large tree just hanging there. And Todd didn't even see it. Craig's like, look at that stick up there. That didn't even come off that tree. That's a different type of stick. He's like, uh... I I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I don't know what to think about it. He's like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this whole thing. (laughs) So he's just like, so we did, we circled back and go back to the part where we had a call. We did GPS and GPS and it was, I know you can make a straight line from anywhere to anywhere, right? That's not saying much, but, um, but the general location from there to there was the same, right? Um, so it wasn't like it was like off to the far right or anything, but it was in that general space of where he did that call and where we heard it from. So it, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Um, I don't know what made it. I, like I said, the footprints to me were just showing maybe something heard him do this. And it was like, Hey, I'm screw you. I'm gonna go up this hill and make a bigger sound. <laughs> right? I'm gonna break this tree in half and show you who's who. I don't know. But it was, it, if none, none uh, nonetheless, it was interesting. Right. Like yeah. I was like, okay. That's that's very weird. Um and then the next night we try to like replicate it. Like, you know, we're like, Oh, yeah, we did it once, we'll try it again. So we go up this path instead of on the e bikes, Todd's like, nah, it's too dangerous. Let's just go in this car and turn the lights off and just go up real slow and then we'll park it and do the same. So that's what we did and when we did it, we start hearing this smash, 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 like right in front of us in the woods, right? We're like, oh uh, and, and then we and it kind of stop. Right. And, and we just hear like a couple of breaks and Todd's like, um, if that was a Sasquatch charge, I can't tell. He's like, I can't definitively say it was, could be a bear. Like, um, so we, he, he, he's like, you guys need to get behind the car. <laughs> we need to get in this car quick. If those bear comes out, nothing comes out. And he's like, I don't know, guys, it it Sound like a Sasquatch? We started talking about it when we went back at the campfire. He's like, we just have to wake up and go look for evidence, right? That's he was all about like looking for evidence, looking for this stuff. So like people's perspective of him, I was trying to get perspective of everyone saying, oh, he's like everything's a, f- in a fart in the woods, is Sasquatch, right? He's very evidence oriented. Like he doesn't always jump to it. He always he tries to look and make sure like. He has a notion of something, but he doesn't know for sure. Right. So he's not super much like that. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that happens when I'm there. So I think he's just used to it. Like he's like, yep, that was something because I hear this all the time, but we went out there the next morning. He's like, I, I, I'm recording. I'm walking around. He's recording. Craig's recording. We're trying to look for evidence. And Craig comes out up on a bunch of basically black bear scat. Right. Right a bunch of it. And you can see where this bear laid down that night. You can see where it was trauma through the woods to charge at us. He's like, damn it guys. That's not, <laughs> that's not a Sasquatch. That's a black bear. So you can, anyway, he goes into like, he knows a lot about bears. So he's like, Oh, by the size of it's, you know, scat, you could probably tell it's about four or 500 pound bear, blah, blah, blah. Right. He's like, that's disappointing, but it's, it's the process. Like we thought it was, it's not right. right. So that sucks, but we're, we're going to move on.
0: Let me let me jump back a little ways. Going back to that one print that you talked about, he, he said uh, was from the large alpha male. Uh, he calls him, what, boom or boomer? Uh, he,
2: I think he, and if you listen to his channel, he does <laughs> this all the time, but he, he calls, like, Sasquatch the boom is what he calls them oh, sometimes because okay. they make that boom
0: sound. Yeah. So that, that print that you were talking about, that in his – in his uh his theory is that the the large male comes into an area and then slams his foot down um to generate the the shake and the quake and you know to to get people's attention to to let everybody know he's there um right was that was that the only print that you found in that area or were there multiple prints there was just the one that was that deep
2: uh, I found some prints probably 20 feet from there. This is the first prints that I personally found, right? It was, uh, and if you look at them, they were smaller. It's, anyway, I can get to, into what Todd thinks, is versus print size, but it's all conjecture. That's just what he, that's his experience, and that's what he thinks. I don't know if it's accurate. You know, it's kind of it is what it is, but you know, I think it was like twelve, ten, twelve 10, 12 inches long. You could tell it was pretty wide. He's like, that's probably like a 10 to 12 year old. Like, so I found a, a pathway of prints like that, like three or four of them. Um, and, you know, he's more or less like maybe he, this big guy's trying to show the smaller ones how to, how to do it. I don't know. Right. Um, but he says when the big guy comes around, he seems to make his presence known. Right. So, and that's like, you know, he doesn't have to leave that print. He does it for a reason. He wants, he wants us to hear it. He wants us to know, Hey, maybe he's watching when we found it. And he's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I made that print for you guys. Think you. know, you guys actually found it. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's just him. Him. Like him, he's like spitballing. Like maybe that's the reason, right? Like maybe they're trying to talk to us and we don't know it and we're just too stupid to know what to do right so i mean that's basically it. but there was some tracks there like i found some like but it, like i said it's i feel like in that general location if you look hard enough you find tracks everywhere like i the last time i went i found a whole bunch of tracks um if you're if you're looking up and not looking down you're not going to see them but if you're actually looking like scouring the ground like You start finding them and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a print right there. And it's almost like you're like almost get bored with it because there's so many prints (laughs) and it's like, "Okay, yep, there's another one. All right. So unless you find that deep print, like that big one we found, right, it's almost like, yeah, they're everywhere out here. Like for sure there's something going on here.
0: Something that you said when he told you to get, get back behind the car, because he wasn't sure that there was a, a bear or, or a Sasquatch. Now from having watched his documentaries and from having watched him when he uh, was out with uh, Les Stroud, Survivor Man, um, for there's, there's something kind of telling to me about his perspective on these things, if he was confident that it would have been a Sasquatch, he would not have implored you guys to get behind the vehicle. But because he wasn't sure, and it could have been a bear, which is a wild animal, he wanted you to get behind the the vehicle. Well, Sasquatch, as far as we know... <laughs> is also a wild um animal of sorts right we're mm-hmm. not we're not completely sure what the hell it is you know whether it's uh, closer akin to to us or closer akin to a primate um in the in the gorilla or type sense so what what's your takeaway from that i mean is does he, have, does he have a – I'm not quite sure how to ask the question. Does he have, does he have a, a, a consistent feeling about or, or possible knowledge about what these things are and fears them less than a wild animal even though they can be quite large?
2: Um, so what he, what he's conveyed to me is, is there are some aggressive ones and there's some inquisitive, peaceful ones, and they're all kind of have their own personality trait. Um, the ones, what he calls in this general, whatever you want to call it, area habituation, he says they've never been aggressive towards him. Um, so he's more or less not really. And he said if they wanted him out of there, they would have pushed him out of there. Like, that's his perspective. He mm. he's, um, he tells a story where he's in California, I don't know where, and the, the Sasquatch troop or whatever you want to call them were really aggressive towards him. And they actually laid hands on him is what he says, right? And that's going to be in his next documentary, right? which is supposed to come out at some point. Like, you know, he's, he's trying to make negotiations and it's, I don't like, I, like I said, I don't know the business of it, but, um, he's trying to release like discovering Bigfoot two, And a lot of that storyline is going to be in that one from, from what he tells me, but he says that he won't go back there because they didn't want him there. Like, he's like, Nope, not going back there. They did not like me. I'm not going back. So he, he seems to have, I don't know some kind of communion with the ones we're in in the place that we're in this area right so he's more or less he's trying to get this interaction with them he's not scared of them he he's really honestly he's kind of going into like spiritual modes like he was hardcore science hardcore um really almost like biology to begin with And my perspective of him now, he's very much in more in tune to like mind speak and trying to go down that route and telepathy and trying to communicate with whatever these beings at a different, almost spiritual level more than um, physical. Right. Um, And he has some outrageous stories. Like I can, (laughs) I can get into stories he told me with you. um, And he doesn't, like, harp on them, I think, a lot on his channel because, he, like I said, I think he puts it all out there and he kind of gives you a bit of it, but he doesn't go into all of it because, I don't know, I feel like he's holding back because he thinks people are going to think he's nuts. That's what my take on it. I don't know if that's really his take, but, um, like, he, he told me some crazy stories, and I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, Man, that's so hard to believe. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, have I've, so I've been, like I said, I've been out with him three times. I've, I've been out with him. The second time I took my nephew with me. Um, and the third time I just went out with random people again that were from Pennsylvania, right? Like two brothers. And so when you go out with someone a few times and people don't know him, like he tends to overlap some of his stories right that i've heard him tell before so i'm listening and i'm kind of listening for that like tall tale when he's doing it right like oh i've heard this story i want to see if he changes it yeah and i i haven't heard him change what he's told since i've met him right it's always the same story he doesn't like add to it and i'm to me that's like um a sign of a truth teller, someone that doesn't embellish because it's really when you're telling a lie, you like to embellish it just a little bit to make it more.
0: Yeah, as you, you know? as you tell it, you 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 pick out little things, it's like, oh, it'd be even better if I said this. And that's the thing yeah. that that's the thing that has always kind of um confounded me about Bob Lazar with the the whole I worked at S four, you know, in the Area fifty one area. And I mean, I I remember being a kid watching in 1989, when he did his first interview with George Knapp in the front seat of a, a pickup truck, and he has never changed his story. Right. I've heard interviews where there are additional things that he talked about, but the base story has never changed. And, you know, throughout all, you know, I mean, okay, I I do a paranormal podcast. And I, I I believe in a lot of things there's some things i don't believe in i don't believe in everything um but to me hearing someone like that who has maintained a very consistent nature about themselves and their their story over decades that does tend to to lean into some credibility for me
2: yeah and i'm like i said i'm I'm skeptical. I have a, you know, I'm always looking for like, Oh, this, this is a sign that he's, you know, full of shit. Mm-hmm. I am. I still, have, I still look for those cues, even though I've been out with them a lot and I, I respect him, And I think honestly, this is my full out opinion. I think he's legitimate. Um, but I still look for that possibility just because, you know, I'm skeptical. And I'm, you know, I, I've uh, right now in my position, I, uh, that's what I do. Uh, Observabilities are. So <laughs> that's what I, I'm, I'm there to observe a bit. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's difficult because he seen, he's such a passionate guy and he's every time he talks, he just really wants this discovery to like be pushed out and he want like, like, And again, this, I'm talking for him, but he, he clearly said that he'd really love to have like a foundation to protect, you know, Bigfoot and like have people realize this is real. And, you know, he, he wants to write the book on it. Right. He wants to be someone that does, you know, Hey, we all know it's real now. Now we can start doing the research on how these things are so fantastic. Right. Like. He would love to be that researcher and saying, I've told you for 20 years this is real. Now let me actually get a grant to study them. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's what he wants to do. And he, like I said, he's had a whole lot of crazy experiences. And I I don't know how long <laughs> I can, I could probably tell you everyone he told me, but I don't know how long you want to stay up today. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I like to get into like the sec, like the slowly, uh, go to the next expedition. Right. I think that was about most activity I had in the first one. Right. Um, and you know, we did other stuff and there's a whole lot that happens in eight days. So I'm trying to minimize eight days into a 30 minute conversation, but it's, uh, that was the bulk of like the major things. Right. The second expedition, like I said, it was in June and that June, like, was like the, the snow and stuff hadn't even melted off the mountain peaks and the river off the glacier was still really high. So short story, you know, I did had, I had zero basically zero activity the second time around. Um, I wanted to go up, like I don't know. I just call it survivor man mountain. Right. But I wanted to go up that mountain he went up there and stayed the night up there, which was, was, which, which was crazy. (laughs) It was hard to get up there. I wanted to do it. I want to see where he was. Look at where he put those apples. And it is just insane. Like it is like a 60 degree angle and we slept on a 60 degree angle and there's barely any trees. It's on the side of this cliff, right? If anyone's up there trying to take apples, they're insane. That tree is off that, like literally two feet from the cliff. Like and if you're gonna climb that tree to get apples off it, I would never do that in the pitch black. Like you're just gonna hear someone fall off the mountain and die. Yeah. So, I mean that just looking at the location and stuff, it was uh, I don't know. Like and you're gonna hear somebody get up in the middle of the night and try to I don't know, like. Like I said, I don't believe Todd took those apples. Um, I feel like Survivor Man had like a legitimate experience up there, and then. Todd's probably taken ten people up this mountain at this point. And some people have had experiences with him up there. I didn't. Um I will tell you, my nephew was a bit freaked out. Um <laughs> and Todd said, Well, maybe they're feeling your like freak out energy. I don't know. Cause we're we're sleeping on the side of this mountain. It's kinda it, it is a little spooky and you know, it's pitch black, you know, on the side of this mountain. Um so he was getting a, like I don't know. A little bit freaked out, but he he later told me, and this is again, this is <laughs> this is kind of a crazy story. So you can take it for what it is. It's just what he told me, and I have no reason to doubt him. Um, but he he told me after we got off the mountain, he's like, "Is there something Todd's not telling us? Like, do you think there's some like stuff he's not telling us about this stuff?" And I was like, "I don't know. He's always pretty upfront with me, but i was just thinking he's talking about Bigfoot, right?" <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I feel like he's not telling us something. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. He kind of just dropped it. And then we get home and, you know, we have like an age gap between us. So he's like, he's my nephew, but he's like six years younger than me. He might have an older sister that's well like older than me. Right. So he's almost like a little brother, but he's a nephew. Um, So I was talking to his mom She's like, did you talk to Keaton? I was like, about what? He's like, he saw something up there. You need to talk to him. I was like, well, I don't know why he wouldn't tell me. He's like, if she's like, Oh, well, I think it freaked him out. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. So I call him like, what the heck? <laughs> why you tell me what you see? He's like, ah, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of crazy. And I'm just like, okay, well, what was it? And he ends up drawing a picture of it for me, but Like I said, it's kind of, this is a little nutty. I'm just going to preface that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no, there's no judgments here. And this is, this is why we're all here.
2: Yeah. So he said, looking up the side of the hillside on the, like on the way back down the mountain, like up on this ridgeline, like he saw this, I don't know, creature looking at him. And he said it had a goat, like a goat face, like a goat goatee big horns and like mantis arms. He said it looked at him for a second, popped his head out and kind of slowly backed away. And he was like, double taking, looking at it. This is him. He said, he double take, looked at it. He's like, am I seeing this? He's like, he said, it was like three, four seconds. He saw it. And he was just like, uh, I don't know what that was. I don't understand what I just saw. And then he was, like I said, He's was kind of quiet about it the rest of the time. I think it just freaked him the hell out. I don't know. I don't have any reason to disbelieve him. <laughs> I don't have a reason for him to lie to me about it because right. it sounds just super crazy. But it is weird. Eventually, I, I sent a picture to Todd and said, hey, what do you think about this? I think maybe this is why Keaton was so freaked out. And he said, oh, uh, you know what? I've never seen anything like that up there. But if I saw that, I'd be freaked out, too. <laughs> <laughs> so he more or less he tries to stay in his lane he's like I'm trying to search Bigfoot I'm not trying to do aliens I'm not, I'm not trying to do this stuff I'm not you know like anyway so that well, he tries it, to stay in the lane a bit
0: it's interesting because if I remember right and I may not remember right but uh, I've I've watched the, the Survivor Man series multiple times I've watched um, Todd's uh, documentary several times but Coming off that mountain, was that was that not um, where Les Stroud said that he he had the dream that he was being sat on by something, yeah. but that was the same mountaintop that he witnessed those lights um, out over the the mountain range.
2: Yeah. the uh, yep, Same mountain. Yep. And that's, I think that's another thing he said. Like I said, I'm just telling you what Todd tells me. I don't know if it's true. He says, yeah, they'll do that. They'll, they'll run over you and see if you wake up and they'll run by you and see if you wake up. And then eventually if you don't wake up, they'll come and just sit on you. Like it's a game to them. Like, Hey, I'm going to go sit on this guy I'm going to mess with him and I'm going to go right. Like kind of like almost like kids like hey I was mess with this guy right so he said that he's had and like I said this is what he told me he said he's had that experience before right and like if you brought him on the show he'd tell you the same thing like he's not hiding it he said he's had something similar happen to him like that's like them playing and he's like 100% that happened to survive man like it wasn't a dream that probably did really happen to him so and I I still can't get over the fact that all this apples and power bars get off this tree and this, this camera didn't catch anything, but the top of this little looks like a, maybe the top of something's head. Right. Yeah. But if you do look in that video of survivor, man, like the tree shakes a bit
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I tried to shake that tree it ain't going nowhere. You couldn't shake that tree with a truck. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is in rock. It ain't shaken. Like it's in the mountain and it's a, and then it's a big tree and then right beside it is a tree that's flipped upside down and into the ground so you can imagine a human carrying a 300 pound tree and then flipping it upside down and put it into a mountain on the eight hour hike i don't think so so it's very weird
0: that's interesting i wonder why they didn't show that in the uh in the episode
2: i don't know i i don't know they only have so much time i guess but yeah. it's it's very weird But, yeah, like I said, the second expedition, that was really – I'm telling you a story about my nephew, that something he saw. But other than that, we might have heard some, like, rock noises, but I didn't hear it, right? I didn't hear anything. I can't say there was anything, but that was it. Like, there was a bunch of grouse there. And the weird thing about grouse that we learned is when they jump off of a tree and we saw them do it, they'll clack their wings together. And it it sounds like someone hitting a tree, like clack, clack, right? So that's something that could be a deterrent for people. If they have a lot of grouse in the forest around them, they will make that sound. And it does sound like, hey, that sounds like a Bigfoot hitting two rocks together. But it's definitely a grouse. And we're like so annoyed. Like we wanted to, you know, take these grouse out. But we also didn't want bears to come and, like, smell it. So we, we just let them be free. But... Um, that, w- that was kind of irritating, but, it, you know, we, I still, um, I don't know. I felt like even though I didn't have an experience that time, like, I don't know, maybe they just weren't around. Like, I don't think you're going to get that every time. Todd, Todd pretty much says, you know, most of the time you have something, but every now and then you don't like, he can't, he's, he's like, I'm not a hundred percent. So it is what it is. So I was like, you know first time I went out, I got some cool stuff. Second time, nothing. And I honestly love this area. It's beautiful. All that land up there, just getting fresh air and being away from technology for like a week. It almost rejuvenates you, in my opinion. So I like to go up there. If anybody don't see anything, I have a good time at this point. (laughs) So it's almost like um, we talk Bigfoot and we you know, have a good time just in nature and like beautiful mountains and everything else. Right. Um, but you know, the next time I went out with two guys from Philadelphia, they were brothers named Dan and Matt, sorry, Pennsylvania, not Philadelphia. Um, and they were, you know, all the people I've met up there, are all really nice, good bunch of people, genuine people. I met some other people while I was there. I met his girlfriend. Um, all the people that I've met so far, even Craig had his own experience, with actual visuals, like every single person, but me (laughs) at this point has had this visual experience. So it kind of irks me a bit. That's why I keep wanting to, like, I know from my perspective, at least going up there, like I know there's something there and I feel like sooner or later I will have my visual. Right. Um, But I can tell you the last time I went there was a lot of, uh, like one step below a visual, but super awesome stuff, in my opinion. Um So if you want me to get into it, the the last stuff, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. so I'll start with the smaller stuff and end with, like, the, the thing that I personally think about all the time. In um, all three of these times, we put apples up. They never took any apples, just FYI. (laughs) Um, When when his girlfriend goes out there by herself and puts apples up, they will take the apples. But I don't know if it's like a feminine energy and they just like her. But when I was there, she put a marble out on this tree stump. And it was a big marble, like about the size of a half dollar. They took that, right? It wasn't a squirrel. Like, I mean, it had a little bit of weight to it. And they definitely took it. Like, she puts out like mushrooms and like, uh, holistic medicine stuff. And they, they've been like taking stuff from her. Right. So she's super happy with it. Um, but they didn't take the apples from any time we put out there. So that's anyway, it is what it is. Right. But okay. It would have been cool if they did. Right. But they didn't. Um, so the, the F and Todd bought this ten twelve $12,000, drone thermal 4k drone everybody's talking about drones nobody's really use them they're too expensive right he's trying to like get more drone stuff more drone footage so he bought this pretty awesome drone that we flow every day we like i said it's july so the problem with this drone is even though it's amazing it's it go like three to five miles and do all this cool stuff but when the trees are hot, everything is hot. <laughs> so you have to fly it in the morning and at night, even though the technology is like super advanced, but we only fly it like at 8 AM and like nine, eight, 9 PM. Right. So like, that's when we flew it, we got a lot of deer, um, some elk, stuff like that. Um, but no Bigfoot. Uh, I think he's, he has some footage of where he thought it could be a Bigfoot, like this is before me going out there, but he can't really substantiate it. Right. It's a huge thermal, but like, anyway, it's, it's kind of a long story in itself and it wasn't me. So I won't get into it, but you know, we have that. Um, I was more or less trying my own stuff. I made a I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get more evidence this time. It's not more the it's not just the experience for me this time it's more of like I want to collect some data for myself. So I made my, my own body cam. Mm-hmm. I put some stuff out too that I brought that are listening to other researchers saying they like the color blue and they like to play. So I brought some like blue tennis balls out there and like was we'll throwing them around and then I'd put them out and see if maybe they would grab them. And of course they never did. <laughs> but um so you know we have all that in the mix, uh, but the the second day I was out there with these guys from uh, Pennsylvania, you know we uh, and I was telling you before the the show started that you know I'm, I'm a pretty big uh, proponent of Robert Kreider and what he does, mm-hmm. so I bought this listening device. These guys are on this listening device. It's probably eight at eight eight o'clock, and they're listening around, and they're like, what you know, they're hearing stuff. They're hearing. Something walking in the woods by bipedally, and they're like, what the heck? And they're like, you know, they're switching back and forth, and they they think they hear, like, I wasn't hearing it, right? I really bought it for everyone to use, so I was, like, happy they were hearing something. And, like, you know, they heard, I don't know, like, almost like a grunt is what they said. And then Todd was more or less like, okay, and his Todd's girlfriend, Ashley, showed up. Um, and like, Oh, let's go in the woods and see if we can, you know, he's there. Let's go. So I get my body cam on and start going. And then you just hear like these foot, uh, like footsteps in front of us, like boom, boom, boom. Right. And, uh, Dan is in the front and Todd's behind him and I'm in the very back. Um, and Dan's kind of getting freaked out a bit. He's like, I don't know what that is. Todd, you have the weaponry here. You need to get ahead of me. This is I don't know what that is. And so, you know, he gets ahead of him and you hear it a little bit and it kind of just disappears. Right. Um, it is what it is. It, it just went away and we couldn't find it. We couldn't find the, the steps, the tracks or anything. So we're just like, okay, that was weird. Let's go back to base camp. And then we go back to base camp and we, we hear a few, uh, and I'm kind of glazing over this, but it's, kind of a big deal but you know we hear some like almost like howls right like Bigfoot calls like we hear two or three of them Todd's in the RV making dinner for us like he makes these little dinners that are like you know basically soups right Um, but he's he's not even hearing it and we're all like outside just smiling ear to ear like what the heck (laughs) right we're hearing this and we're just he's like oh you guys heard something that's cool (laughs) right and so You know, nothing, nothing really happens. And then the next day we go out, he's kind of doing, you know, kind of what I did the first time he's trying to show him the area and stuff. And I'm just more or less like, Hey, I'm going on my, I'm just doing my own thing. Like I've heard these stories. I'm going to go out myself. I'm going to do this. So I start walking in, in a general direction and then his girlfriend, Ashley, she starts kind of walking parallel to me in this part of the forest. And then Like she does a whistle she's probably 50 feet from me. Ashley does a whistle and she's expecting me to whistle back just to kind of like geolocate where we are kind of. And I can't whistle. I've never been able to. So I'm just like, whatever. I'm not whistling back. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just going to keep going. So I keep going and you hear literally you hear a whistle and I'm like, okay, which I don't know. She whistling again or someone else. Um, I'm pretty sure in my head at the time, I think Todd and the other guys are down the trail a bit. So I'm just like, I'm not really paying attention to it. I'm just looking on the ground, looking for new tracks and stuff, looking for tree breaks. And I get back to the base camp after a bit and Ashley comes up and she's like, man, you're so good at whistling. What are you talking about? And she's like, you know, you, I did a whistle and you whistle back. You can whistle better than Todd. And I'm like, i don't know how to whistle like that wasn't me <laughs> and she's like oh my god like this thing was right in the middle of us did a huge whistle like and we just didn't even know it was this, like something whistling at us and i was like that is crazy because i'm telling you i can't whistle yeah and then she tries. anyway <laughs> it was a, it was a definite it was a good whistle but i mean it wasn't the other people they were Probably a quarter a mile away I just I just wasn't paying attention to it, but something was right in the middle of us and did like a clear whistle right so you know it, it's pretty cool, right yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have known but um I wish I would have known it was there, but it you know it is what it is, and we kind of moved on and like I said, I think that night that you know they took Ashley's like whatever gifts that she put out um and also, like it. Uh, I want to say it's it's kind of hard to sleep. I'm kind of a night owl, so I'll just be looking at my window a bit. So I, I felt the trailer, the trailer shake a few times, and I'm like, mm, I don't know what that is. That's kind of weird. Can't really see outside very well. I'm I'm just gonna shake it off. But I did feel it shake a bit at my feet, and I'm at the end of this camper. Um, but like the next the next morning. Um, so we do a lot of hiking and stuff. Um, uh, there's, know, I'm trying to think. Um, anyway, there's a, he kind of shows us some new breaks that happened and like to go in, I mean, I can go into the breaks, but I just feel like it's a lot of like just science and you kind of need to see the videos of it. But like we're we kind of go in there and then, um, so when we get to clear to to make the picture clear, like Todd, when we, when he picked us all up from the airport, like it was hailing. Right. So he was trying to get out to this place and he drives this old truck. So he doesn't care. His hair, hits his truck, but he forgot to get gas because it was hailing. And like this other research area where this mountain is, where sorry, I went up, it's, it's miles away. So he didn't run out. He didn't want to run out of gas. He want to go over there. So like he ends up leaving, to go get gas, which is like the closest gas station is like an hour away from there, right? So he's like, all right, Logan, you know, if you want to go do your thing, you can go do your thing, like wherever you want to go. You know, if these guys want to go with you, they can. So I'm sitting there on this, what he calls the porcupine trail, which is like a trail behind kind of his base camp. And I hear some like wood sounds. And I'm like, all right, let's go this way. So I'm walking, I start doing tree knocks with uh, when I'm with Dan and Matt and I get a response back, right? And I'm like, oh man, this is weird. And I do it again, I get a response back. And then at this point I'm looking at Matt and Dan and they're just like big eyed, like, oh man, this is cool, <laughs> right? And, and he can whistle, I can't, so he does a whistle. And I start doing like mouth clicks, like, you know, popping your tongue, right? Cause, right. I don't know. It, it like kind of sounds like a tree knock, but it's not. And, uh, every time I'm popping my tongue, I'm getting like two pops back. You know, every time he whistles, he's getting a response back. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. And so we're kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm making sure my, uh, my body cam's on like, you know, I'm like the cables plugged in and everything. And I'm kind of behind, so we kind of split up in three different directions and there's this cut to where it goes into old forest where the like no loggers can go. It's really like national forest. So I know where this cut line is and we're getting kind of far from base camp. I'm like, yeah. So I'm yelling at these guys. They're probably 40 feet ahead of me. I'm like, are you guys making those sounds? And they're not answering me. And it's just constant Boom, boom. And then I heard like three knocks at one point. Most of them was boom, boom, or just one. Right. And it was consistent. I'm like, okay, I guess they're not doing it because I can't see them anymore and they're not responding to me. So I finally catch up to these guys. Um, like I said, I'm like a minute or two behind them. And Dan's looking up this tree. and I'm like, what's what's going on? And he's like, it's coming from this tree. And I'm like, what what are you talking about? And he's, he's like, I've got it on video. But you can see it clearly and it's this... I'd say it's 90 foot tree. It does not have limbs until about six feet up. And it's probably, I don't know, two or three, two or three feet and round. It's huge, right? It's old forestry, two, 300 year old tree. And it's probably one of the biggest trees in the forest. And he's like, uh, I don't know, man, this is weird. Like, and I, I'm like, Hmm. I kind of want to climb that tree, but I can't. <laughs> and we're just making jokes like, is it cloaking up there? Is something up there cloaking? You know, the big cloaking. Is that, I is that,
0: is that what he was getting at? That there was yeah, something up there and you yeah. you knew it was so, there, but you couldn't see it?
2: So we're sitting there talking about it. And I sit down on this down tree and we're, we're discussing it. I'm like, what could this be? And as we're talking and the whole time we're talking and you just hear knock, knock, knock like up this tree i'm looking at a tree there's no tree rubbing on it i know what a tree rub sounds like Mm -hmm. and it's like boom boom like and i'm just like i don't understand guys like there's something up this tree and then nothing gets dan but he he's like you know maybe it's just the tree like the like a knot in the tree expanding and it's popping and it's popping and i'm like i don't know at this maybe like could be he's like you know maybe i I think maybe i've seen that before on like a video and i'm like i don't know could be i don't know but the whole time we're talking it keeps interrupting us and just knocking and knocking and i'm just like i really wish i could just cut this tree down (laughs) or like go climb this tree because i'm you look up it and you can't see the top right and it gets kind of bushy around 60 feet And then if you really wanted to see over that 60, 70 feet, you really can't. It's like foliage and, you know, you can't see it clearly. You can't see the top clearly. Um, I do like a very brief kind of half circle around the tree because I'm a little disheartened because I'm almost in agreement with Dan. Like maybe it is a natural tree sound. Like, I don't know. Like I don't live in this forest. Maybe I've never heard a tree pop that loud, but maybe it is a tree pop. Like, maybe that's Dan's like, yeah, maybe that's where Bigfooters here in these tree pops. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. So we're just openly discussing it and I start walking around and then we fight, start finding tracks all around the tree. So we've, there's a like, a, like I said, 15, 16 foot or sorry, 16 inch track right there. Big one. I'm like, oh, he's like, yeah, there's one right there. And then I start walking about 10 feet ahead and there's smaller tracks, clear ones. Look like a smaller version of the big one. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. There's tracks all around here. Like you can see where a couple of deer laid. There's deer scat. There's actually bear scat. Um, there's actually an old jerry can there that's not very old, actually, but a, a bear had chewed on it and brought it there. I don't know why a bear would do that and why it would be at this tree. It's kind of an odd coincidence, but it's there. And we're just kind of sitting there, and I don't know what to do. Todd's not there. And I'm just like, it's uh, it's 4, and this is in the middle of the day. It's 4 in the afternoon, right? There's no, and again, there's no wind. It's not tree rub. It's just this tree's talking to us, right? <laughs> and I don't have, like, a thermal or anything. I can't, anyway. And not like I have a thermal camera with where I can try to see some heat vision or anything. So, uh, I mean, the only option we have is to uh, sit there all day or just keep going. Because at this point, um. I'm uh, like, okay, well, I guess we can keep moving. And there's actually like a tree, um, sorry, a a tree break pretty close there too, right? So there's a lot of, you know, trace evidence around this tree, but, and it keeps knocking at us and, you know, I'm more and more and more like getting a little bit disheartened because I'm kind of on Dan's okay, maybe it's natural. Like, I don't understand, but why would it start knocking at us? Like at that moment, we started doing knocks and why did it lead us here and then keep doing it? I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to walk this way and kind of circle back to base camp. At this point, we're probably half a mile away from base camp, right? Um, So we're like, okay, anything behind us that's hearing knock sound, we'll just disregard and say it's that tree. So we probably get 100 feet away and then you just hear one big loud knock. And then it stops, doesn't do it anymore. I'm just like, of course. Right. I don't know. So again, I don't know what to think of it. And in hindsight, I wish I would have just stayed there. (laughs) Um, And after I talked to Todd later on, I wish I would have stayed there because he just made me feel like stupid about it. But um, so that's when I kind of circle back and then I come up on some like really fresh tracks again. And there's a YouTube video of it. I can send you a couple of links. Yeah. You can see this track, you can see the indentions, you see the the toe prints and right beside the track is another bigger one that you can't see as well, like on camera, right? The other one's clearly through a piece of old wood. You can see everything. Right. And there's a bigger one right beside it. So that, I mean, Todd asked me later in the video, do you think he led you here? I'm like, I don't know. I just honestly just stumbled upon this thing. Like I'm just in the woods going. Right. I don't know if something led me here or not. Right. Like I'm a little apprehensive about it. So I'm like, nah, I don't know. Right. No idea. So we get back to base camp. I start telling Todd all this stuff. He's like, you guys know that trees don't knock at you, right? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not in this forest like you. I don't know what trees do. I don't know what these old trees do. He's like, yeah, well, you start knocking. He's knocking at you. It's knocking back at you. You get there. You see footprints. You see tree breaks. It's still knocking at you. And then when you're leaving, it stops. You think, I mean, he's like, how much more evidence do you guys want? That I am really think there were some, like, to me, I think there were some of that tree messing with you guys. I'm just like. You know, you could be right. I don't know. I feel stupid for not staying there and like circling this tree more and trying to like do more. I mean, I didn't even think to knock on the tree when it was knocking at me. Right. I didn't even think about it because (laughs) I didn't know what to do with it. Like in hindsight, I wish I would stay there and just hit the tree and see if I would have got a response back or maybe just stay there for like an hour or so and just see if something come down. You know, I don't know. But. Anyway, hindsight's 2020, 20, but it was still an interesting experience, and I have some body cam footage of, like I said, it's a body cam. It's not really meant for audio, but you can hear a clear knock in my audio, right? Like, and I, I have like a clip of it where you can hear that knock, right? So I can send that to you, and you can hear it and make yeah. your own judgment. But and you kind of see the area, but it was super interesting, right? So the whole time. I'm just questioning if that was real or not. And Todd's kind of leaning towards it was more Bigfoot. Dan's like, when I get the internet, I'm finding a video of this tree Creek thing. And I'm going to prove to you it was, it was a, just a tree doing it. I was like, okay, like, I don't know, maybe. So he, he has, he finally got Starlink out there. So he'll run that off a generator for a couple hours just to get online. He'll do some like live stuff out there. Like he, anyway, it's, it's been a while and he, he, to get that. But he brings it up. Dan's scouring with it. He can't find nothing. He's like, ah, only thing I can find off like two hours of looking online is like, maybe you'll hear like a kind of a knock when it's really cold, but not when it's like 80 degrees outside and nothing that loud. And he's like, here's an animal that kind of sounds like that. So he's doing his like, you know, scientific approach to dis disprove this thing and this animal, I don't know, it's some kind of squirrel or something or a bird, and I'm like, That doesn't sound like that at all. Um, so I'm just like, Ah crap, like I should have stayed there longer, so, you know, son of a bitch, right? Yeah. So <laughs> So it you had one so tree. Anyway, yeah. And that and that's kind of the, the verbiage Todd used, like, uh, you guys treat a Sasquatch and I'm like, Well, I didn't really treat it, it made us come there. So I think if it was up there it was just messing with us, like I don't know, like, no idea. But it is definitely weird. I'll just put it that way. So the whole time I'm there, I'm thinking I'm going to sleep outside one night, and I'm going to try to go off on my own. Maybe I'll have more experience on myself, right? So the whole time I'm there, I'm trying to find a spot that I feel like is a good spot, and I'm not really finding one. And and again, this is the middle of nowhere forest. It's very hard to go. I don't know. Like I said, Todd has more balls than me, but it's very intimidating to go out in the middle of the woods, pitch black, dark by yourself, right? In the I middle of say. nowhere. Um, so I was a little apprehensive, but I was kind of, I was trying to do it. So I was that. So this, this one night we, we were starting to go on these night walks. We'd go out in the middle of the forest and just sit in the dark. Right. So like half a mile away, we would just go sit in the dark. And like I said, Todd's, trying to get into the less physical and more spiritual notion of this stuff. So he is like trying to more or less like mind speak and like kind of go on a different level with this stuff. He's trying to put intent out there and, and like do that. So I guess like almost like a meditation, right? So we're trying to, you know, sit on the forest and kind of just kind of, you know, quote unquote meditate, whatever you want to think of it. Right. So we do that for a while, and, you know, it doesn't really bring anything. We're just like, yeah, well, that's cool. It's kind of cool to sit out here and be peaceful. So we start walking back to base camp, and on the left of us, probably, I don't know, 100, 200 feet from base camp on this trail. Again, he calls the porcupine trail. He's like, guys, I don't know. I just feel like there's something out there on the left over here. He's like, I'm feeling it. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Whatever you, whatever you say, Todd, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, Leo, wanna hear it, and then he's like, he's like, I'm going to do, like, just, you know, one, uh, like, you know, he's like, I'm going to put it out there, and he says it out loud. He's like, and it's not, like, super loud. You, it's not like you could hear it from 50 feet away. He's like, I just want you guys to knock, knock twice to let me know you're there, right? I was like, okay, that's not going to happen. And then, literally 10 seconds later, you just knock, knock. And I'm like, come on. You kidding me, right? So I'm just like, no, whatever. Okay. And he's like, okay, that's weird. So it we kind of got, okay. I'm, so I just sat on the ground and I'm listening. He, and then he, he whispers, he's like, okay, guys, I'm really feeling this. Like, I feel like they're out there. I'm going to knock one more time, see what happens. Or not knock. I'm going to, like, verbally say, I want one knock to let me know that you guys want us to come out there or interact with us. And he's like, you know, just, he's like, just do one more knock. He says, roll low. And you just hear knock. And I'm like, and it's not in the same direction. It's probably..." 50 feet to the left and it's closer. I'm like, man, what, what the hell? How is he doing this? <laughs> right. And I'm just like, and it's one thirty in the morning. Right. So if he has a buddy out there doing this randomly at one thirty in the morning, more power to him. But it, uh, the, the of the percentage of me being out there and knowing the area, it, it's very unlikely 99% chance that there's no one out there. Right. Right. So I'm just like, okay, that's cool. So I, I go up to the tree line where these guys are and you start hearing movement coming at us. And I'm just like, okay. And he's like, what do you want to do guys? I asked for it. They gave it to us. You want to go in the woods? And I'm like, all right, well I can't. He's like, we're not turning lights on. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't know how far I can get in these woods, but we can try. So let's do it. So we walk a hundred feet into these woods like kind of straight on to the right a little bit, and we get to a spot. We sit down. I mean, you know, he's kind of more or less sitting, thinking, meditating, if you want to say. We're all just real silent, and then you start hearing stuff behind us walking around, like moving, and then you start hearing stuff coming towards us, and I'm just like, okay what am I going to do here? I can't, it's pitch black. I can't see anything. Like, even if there's someone in front of me, I can't see it. And, uh, I mean, even there's a mouse in front of us that we kind of hear just walking right in front of us. Right. It's this little mouse. And, uh, and then it, you know, I, I, it knocks one more time and then it sounds like it comes at us. And then we're sitting there like, okay, what are we going to do? Cause it sounds like they're in front of us. So they're behind us. And, you know, at this point it's one two in the morning, And he's like, ah, you know, we can see her and see if something happens. Uh, If you guys are tired, I don't know what to do. He's like, we've been sitting there for like 10 minutes, no activity. He's like, if you guys want to go in, let's go in. I was like, okay. So we just sit there for a couple minutes. All right, let's go. So, again, very weird that we get reaction just off of, honestly, Todd's intent, if you want to call it. Um, And we all heard it. The whole group of people heard it. And it was, like I said, interesting that he said he was feeling something and this happens and all I can tell you is that's what happened right <laughs> it sounds crazy but that's what happened so I end up going back we all most people are pretty tired I, we all go back to the trailer every and they're all super loud snowers they sound snow so loud like a symphony in there and I can't go to sleep because I've kind of like I don't know I'm kind of pumped up from all that and I'm looking out this window just looking out it's probably two thirty three in the morning. And I just see, like, a burst of light above the trees, right? Like a camera flash. And I'm just like, what the what the heck is this? And then it just, boom, camera flash, right? And then I start seeing maybe, like, it's hard to tell. There's so much shadows, but I thought I saw movement out there, right? I can't say for sure, but I thought I saw something move, like, left to right. i was just like, okay, okay, this is very weird. I don't know what that flash was. I don't know what that was. So eventually... I, anyway, I just fall asleep. It's like four in the morning. I go to sleep, but the flashlight was weird. It wasn't like a meteor or anything. It was definitely like, I can't say it was an orb, but I don't know why there's a flashlight above the tree line, like 30 feet, 30 feet in the air. Right. So that was, again, that's a weird experience. Um, like I said, we go hiking again, Dan has like something that happens to him. I wasn't with him. So I can't really tell you the full story, but he, he felt like something came up on him while he was out there kind of by himself. Right. So, you know, I was just like, that's cool. Like I'm not there. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Um, and you know, Todd's more or less like, yeah, I think you had something, some experience, but he wasn't there either. Um, so that, that was one other thing and I'm, I'm kind of blowing through this a little bit just because I can talk all a long time, mm-hmm. but, um, The last thing that happened to me is like, again, I said, I was trying to find a spot to be by myself, right? And I was going to go out, you know, I thought, okay, I'll just go out there. I knew this area is kind of open. I was just going to sleep in my sleeping bag on the ground with a little fire, right? And then of course it starts raining (laughs) Hadn't rain the whole time. And I'm like, man, I don't want to go out in the rain and we're out by the fire, just talking up. You know, he's telling a bunch of stories about Indians and the Cree elder people and all these stories, and they're all interesting stories. And he's, you know, more or less, um, he's getting tired. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, but I get him. I'm like, Todd, come on, man, you got to drum up something here. Like, make something happen to 1130. I'm going to leave in a couple of days. You know, he's like, all right, I'll 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 try to make something happen. And he, he, <laughs> he goes out with his Bluetooth speaker and starts, like, playing uh, the the Indians, the 1990 um, song uh, Return to Innocence with the, Indi- the I, I, I kind of Indian sound. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's hilarious. I record it. He's, like, dancing around with this thing. He's trying to, like, get something to notice us, I guess, right? And, you know, and then the other guys go out and kind of, like get like positive energy going, and um, I actually have a recording of it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so that all dumbs down. I, nothing happens. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just sleep by the fire. It stops raining. I'm like, I'm just gonna sleep by the fire by myself. And so I lay down. It's probably one o'clock. Every, um, Matt and Todd go into the trailer. And then Dan's out there with me. He's like, you don't mind if I just sit out for a little bit. I can't go to sleep. I'm just kind of like, he's like, he, he likes knives. He's like whittling this wood with his knives. And I'm like, I don't care, man. Just whatever you want to do. And uh, so I kind of doze off a little bit. It's like 2 o'clock. I open my eyes. I don't have no idea what time it is. It's dark outside. I see Dan with his head back on this chair snoring, right? He do not even know he fell asleep out there. I was like, ah, hey, he fell asleep. Like, whatever. Right. I'm I'm not. I'm not going to wake him. Um, so, and again, I don't know what time it is until after, but I'm going to tell you what time it is just up front. So about 4:30, Matt gets up. I see him get up and I see him put two logs on the fire to make whatever just cause it's dying down a little bit. He's like, all right, good night. And I'm like, Oh, all right, good night. And I'm kind of in and out of it. And, and then I close my eyes and I look up, um, and, what Matt didn't tell me that he told, tells me later on is he, he, heard some stuff behind him and it was, sorry, uh, not Matt, Dan, he heard some stuff behind him and it was freaking him out. And that's why he went inside. Like he heard a bunch of noise behind him. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going inside. Right. And, uh, I, I was like, well, thanks for telling me, bud. Yeah, no kidding <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So I'm looking at the fire. I'm on my right side, kind of like laying on my side. Right. And, I'm kind of on a slant a little bit, like, you know, have a fire pit, you kind of have a slant down a little bit. So I'm on a slant kind of where I can't turn all the way to my left really because I'm still kind of at an angle. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get some sleep. And then I kind of wake up. And at this point it's about 5, 5, 5, 10, 5 15. Um, And I don't know what time the sun comes up here because I've been waking up around seven and it just, it's already up. Right. Uh, but apparently at this time of the year, mountain time, it really, the stars don't really come out about till midnight, and then the sun comes up about five. So I'm not used to that. Um, I'm used to my central time zone and a little bit different ratio. So I don't, I don't really know till later till I look at my phone, but it's about five, five fifteen, And I start seeing the glimmer of blue dawn, right? And my right eye, I'm oh, okay. It's nothing's going to happen. I can, you know, I can finally kind of get some rest, right? And I'm, at this point, I'm alone. I can hear all three of those guys snoring from 20 feet away, right? And as I turn from my side to my back, to, and I put my hands down to try to get more comfortable, and I'm and that's my exact thought was, all right, I can sleep now, right? Nothing's going to happen. And as I lay down and do that, something was behind me watching me, right? And as I turn, I spooked it because I didn't know I was going to turn. And all you hear is two feet jump backwards. Like, and I'm like, son of a bitch, what the hell is going on? Right. It was like, boom, boom. And it was like, not like a loud boom, boom, but you know, when someone hits the ground, the sound of two feet hitting, right. That's what it sounded like. Um, And the substrate there is kind of dirt, grassy, right. So I could hear it clearly and I'm on my back and my heart's going super fast. I'm pretty sure you can see it through the sleeping bag, right. And I can't fully turn to my left because I'm just, like I said, I'm kind of at an angle. So, for me to turn all the way left, I'd have to turn my entire body, right? So, at this point, I'm a little freaked out. I'm trying to open my left eye so I can see more of my peripheral out of my left. But my body's not letting me, right? So, I have my right eye cracked. I can see, like, the the blue dawn almost a little bit. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what to do here. I need to calm down. Like, I know I heard that. All right, I'm just going to – I'm thinking in my head. I'm just going to calm down, get my heart rate to go down. I'm going to listen just to make sure I'm not crazy, right? So I'm. I, I, about a minute and a half goes by, and I just hear ch ch And like footprints walking, like feet dropping beside me, right? And it's, it's literally four or five feet from me. And I'm like, oh, my heart rate starts going up again. I'm like, oh, man, I'm at a total disadvantage right here. I'm on the ground at an angle. That this is like a in, big, big in foot. In a
0: sleeping bag.
2: <laughs> in a sleeping bag, I have a knife in the bag with me and a shotgun to my right. That's <laughs> not. It, I have to grab for it, right? And I, I'm, I'm going in my head. Am I like, okay? That's, that's not a bear. What it tried to jump on me already. Okay, it didn't sound like a bear. Uh, you know, it's not making sounds. It's definitely two feet. It's walking beside me. I'm going through these motions in my head. And I'm like, okay, I have the total disadvantage. I'm on the ground. It's above me if I turn to my left, is it going to like scream at me and kick me in the face? Is it, (laughs) you know, I'm going through all these scenarios in my head. I'm like, okay, I just need to calm down. And I just keep hearing it like walk beside me. And I'm trying to open my left eye. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't get this eye to open. It's, it's a little bit of fear. If you're not out there, you could probably say, oh man, this guy's, I would have looked like I would just popped up and looked and I would have saw me a Bigfoot, Right. And I was like, I was trying to, but man, that, that, notion of the unknown and the fear just kind of hits you and you're by yourself. And it's like, and at the same time, I don't want to like make this thing go away. I want it to like think I'm asleep and like walk around me and maybe it'll go in front of me. I could catch a peek without moving, you know? So that's what I'm doing. And I keep hearing the footfalls and it's so light. It's, um, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's so light that the feet walking are just so light. It's, I can barely hear it, like the grass movement, right? I'm like, okay, I've got to, I came out here, I got to look. Go, so I'm going to turn to my right and act like I'm rolling over to my right, and then I'm just going to like kind of yawn a little bit, and then I'm just going to pop my head over back over my shoulder and try to look as fast as I can. So that's what I did, right? I hear all that. I turn to my right, I'm like... Ugh. Like I made like a sound to let it know I'm like somewhat awake. And then I pop my head over and there's nothing there. Right? There's whatever was right beside me. It's gone. I'm like, I am like, like, I get up, I'm looking for prints. I'm looking around. Like the sun is almost all the way up now. I'm like, oh man, like I really, I wanted the courage to look at this thing, but man, it was right up on me. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, so, Anyway, Todd more or less says everybody gets what they need. (laughs) So to me, that was like, I can still hear those sounds in my head, right? I can still hear this thing walking by me. And it's like, I was in the open air and it was, it was, it was crazy. But like at the same time, like, you know, it's to me, it's proof that there's definitely something there, even though I didn't see it, um, and, you know, maybe if I go out again, like, I'll <laughs> have the courage to pop my head over my shoulder. But, you know, it really wasn't there for more than probably five minutes. Right. And I did eventually get it, but it, w- it was just it just ghosted me and left. Right. It was gone. And I don't know where it went or where it came out of. I have a general idea, but it didn't leave any tracks. It was just there. And like ten minutes later I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, oh, man, it's only like five forty five. Like when does the sun come up here? Right? And and then I and then Dan pops out to go to the bathroom. And I was like, Should I tell this guy this happened? No, I'm just gonna let him go back to sleep. I'll tell him when he wakes up. So I go I walk around this place. I d I can't go back to sleep, but doing circles around this area, like the base camp, and uh I just finally say, Alright, whatever, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go back into the R V and lay down and at this point it's daylight. It's probably seven o'clock. And then I get up around eight 30 and Todd's like, Hey, anything? I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff. And he's like, what? Really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Cause he thought I wasn't going to make it through the night. He's like, whatever. You'll be in this RV soon enough.
0: <laughs> I
2: was like, Oh no, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, think I, I would mom, have been,
0: I would have been in the RV,
2: <laughs> but I don't know. I think, I think that's what. And anyway, I I really think if you're more by yourself, they'll seem to come out. And I don't know what it is, but it, it seems like uh, when I when I've been out there, it's like the hours between nine and eleven, and then like four and six in the morning is when they seem to be active, right? And I and you know, I kind of just told Todd we did like a reenactment of it, and I kind of he. I don't know. He's really bad about posting videos, but I, I made him a video of it. And he he still hasn't put it on YouTube, but um, you know he's anyway. It, it's what I, I I definitely had an experience out there, right? So to me, to end the story is whatever's happening out there is happening, and I can't find any evidence that Todd's faking anything, right? So you can take it for what it is, and I can't find any evidence of how he made those videos. Or, you know, and I'm not going to say he made a, a million dollar Muppet because I just know the guy and he doesn't have the resources, the time or the know how to do that. Um, so to me, I had legitimate experiences so far and they're convinced me that Todd is legitimate. Right. So you you got to have to make, you know, your own informant, you know, if, if you don't go out there, it's hard to say. But if you're just blindly judging this guy, saying he's fake, I really think you need to give him more credence, right? So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it.
0: Well, that's a that's a lot. I mean, <clears throat> kudos to you for having the balls to to sleep out there at the fire the whole time. Um, I, I completely understand. That uh, unwillingness of your body to let you open that eye uh, at the moment that that was happening, because I don't know that I would have uh, much control over my body either. I think uh, I think you you slide into that mode where if you can't see it, it can't hurt you. Um, All right. You know, I I, I think um, you know from. In all fairness to Todd, um, I think that the man has had legitimate experiences. And I think um, he knows where these things are. And like you said, his passion for this, I think I, think I heard it described as this once. That his, his passion for wanting to get this out in front of people over overrode his ability to make good decisions at all times and I think I think that was directly related to um, kind of somebody insinuating that he's had experiences he knows where these things are he can put you in the area of these things but in his in his zealousness of of wanting to prove to people that these things exist there's a possibility that he may have done some things that uh, were were intended to kind of pull the wool over some people's eyes um, it's nice to hear from someone like you who has spent not just a short amount of time with him, but like you said uh, what a total of 25 days altogether um, to walk away from the experience with not having not having that that feeling about him at all um and 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 i think that's a good thing and i I think uh, i think you was it was it was wonderful of you to get a hold of me because it it may have altered what you know and like i said before i never met the man i've all i have to go off of is what i've seen and what i've heard other um people in the in the community say about him and you know a a couple of them have been very well-known names um i'm not going to repeat them but um you you know you would know right off the bat by the first names (laughs) all right Uh, immediately you know and they kind of, well, not kind of. I mean, they completely discount anything that this guy has to say. You know, there, Les Stroud saw something in this guy that he chose him to be a part of, of his series. Um, and, you know, if, if, he, if he has the evidence that he claims to have... He needs to show it. Just show it. Pe- there, you're, you're still going to have people that believe you. You're still going to have people that don't believe you. You know, just just show it, um, and and move past all the all the horse shit that has gone on because of what what's been done in the past. Um, the guy obviously knows he obviously knows how to exist out in in their land uh well i mean to yourself to your own statements about him he, he's a he's a stout stout human he, he's he's out there he's he's trekking around he you know has no problems getting around out there he he's a good tracker he knows he knows enough about what attracts them uh you know the apples the gifting the stuff like that it's interesting to me that you say he's he started exploring the more uh metaphysical type aspects of these things because from what i've seen of his that he's put out he never really dove into that at all um you know it was all primarily flesh and blood animal um there's a lot of people out there. A lot of accounts of people who have stated that they've they've experienced some things that just don't make any sense. Yeah, you know, and the whole the whole tree knocking back at you. That thing whole kind of harkened me back to uh, Les Stroud's one episode. <clears throat> it was raining, and uh, he was out with a uh, a Native American. Um and they they were trying to make fire they couldn't make fire and then but they kept hearing something coming out of the one tree and eventually they were able to get the fire started and everything but they they were hearing noises come from the one tree that they were they were right there and that that was very reminiscent of what you were talking about not necessarily that they were in the tree but you know right strange stuff very, very strange stuff. You, you go back again. You know, I think I would
2: if my if my wife agrees to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, if if he started more of a, like I said, a, um, and I mean that I think that's really his goal, more of a, a collaboration of like, you know discovering Bigfoot kind of foundation, right? Like I feel like I know the the guy well enough that I could, uh, I could be a part of that. Right. Um, but, you know, I was telling you before, you know, British Columbia is pretty far from Texas. Right. So it's just hard for me to get up there that much. Yeah. So like what I can do once a year, Um, but you know, I'm kind of looking for stuff that's closer and I'm trying to branch out and look at other researchers at the same time. So I've, I've kind of, you know, I've made my uh, deductions about Todd and, you know, I've, I've still friends, I've still talked to him. We still have ideas. I still bounce stuff off off of him. You know, we still want to kind of put. Since there's so much activity around that trailer and now people are so apprehensive about putting cameras up because they think, you know, no activity with cameras. He he more or less is like, you know, they're coming around the the camp so much. Let's just, maybe we should just put cameras up and then put a, you know, a, a, you know, a live feed up at all times that people can log into and go to and, you know i have i'm pretty sure i could help him do that right um so i mean there's there's stuff that we're kind of bouncing around and i'd, I'd worked with him I'd, I'd work with him on that stuff if it comes down to it um like i said he's working on another documentary and, uh, you know he's trying to get more you know big names come out there to kind of spread it but you know it's i i definitely go out there and i definitely <laughs> the next guy i'd love to go out with is robert Kreider. <laughs> if he could if he would uh if he would agree to it i'd love to go out with him a lot of respect for him um yeah i just you know the amount of time i have i want to if i'm going to go out for a week or a little bit longer than a week i want to go to a spot where i know there's activity um you know and Everybody says stuff happens, but, you know, the Bigfoot community is so big and, you know, like there's so much drama and I don't, I don't want to reach out to all these big names. They're probably just going to blow me off anyway. Right. So (laughs) I don't know. It it is what it is, but yeah, it's just fun to me. And I honestly, I'd love to help prove the the existence of these beings, whatever they are, hominids or whatever. So any part I can do and just having fun out in nature and exploring and, I don't know it's all it's all a good time to me
0: well Logan I appreciate you getting right getting back with me as quickly as you did um this has been a great conversation it's uh it's put it's put that gentleman's work into a little bit different light for me and I have a feeling uh people are gonna probably I don't know that it's gonna change their opinion but at least it's gonna give them another perspective um, on looking at his work, and and might might get people to go back and start looking at his uh, his work that he has released.
2: Again, yeah, and that's that's all I'm saying is you, you guys might want to take another a look and you know maybe take out the initial skepticism to begin with and just I don't know try to dig dig farther because that's what I did and. I just you know that's what i found and you know a lot of the people that have been up there have had way better experiences than me and they're not really about doing podcasts or talking about it so yeah i know another guy that would probably come on and um that's kind of working with him more that had a better experience than me right and uh, the other guy craig when i went out with the first time he he had a <laughs> he had his own experience on his own after that. So and he he actually went up to that camp like in the almost like when it was snow on the ground which is dangerous cuz like I said and he found like tons of like footprints in the snow and yeah. he sent me video like videos of it and uh, and I'm anyway like I said there's a lot of people that out there that have had experience with Todd but they're not like I'm not saying I'm promoted him but they're not shouting about it at all, right? right. They're just having their they're having their experience and they're like, "Okay, yeah. I got what I needed and I'm done," right? <laughs> so, I don't know. I just I just wanted to uh, I don't know, have people look at it a little harder.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I do. And uh, you know, I've I've watched his documentaries several times and I'll most likely go back to it again this weekend. And watch it again after having talked to you about it. So, um, that and the Survivor Man uh, episodes are always a great rewatch. Uh, I can't ever really get tired of those either. So, um, yeah. But we're coming up on two and a half hours. Seems to be pretty typical for my episodes. <laughs> I can remember when I first started uh, thinking about doing a podcast that said keep it to around 45 minutes to an hour at the most because you lose people's attention. And uh, I I don't I don't think that's completely accurate. (laughs) Um, They they seem to be they seem to be going to two and a half hours a lot lately. So Um, I appreciate you. Thanks for reaching out to me. I've got some information that I want to get to you after we shut this down and uh, if, you, if you get into any more uh, I'd love to hear about it
2: yeah for sure if I, if I go back out next year I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely let you know that'd be
0: awesome Logan thank you so much I appreciate being on uncomfortable thank your sister for me for uh, turning you on to the show And uh, I appreciate you guys listening.
2: Yeah, for sure. I will let her know. Thank you.
0: Good night.